Welcome, everybody, to another wonderful episode of Knuckleheads. Come on, man. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. I like to start off the show. I like to start off the show. Where's Flynn? He's, get, he's getting set up. He's in the lobby. He's in the lobby. I'm, a, I'm saying hello to everybody out there, the brand new viewers across multiple different beautiful countries that are joining us for the first time. Thank you so much, Samantha. Appreciate it. <coughs> Quentin will be joining us very, very shortly. Don't worry. I'm just letting people filter in. I'm letting people come in. I'm letting people get in here. <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm letting people filter in. And it's, it's, it's storytelling time, right? Because there's, there's a couple things I have to address before we, we really dig in to the stream today. So... Um, like as as with anything, this this stream was completely, completely um, not thought up or or scripted. I literally came up with the idea. I think on Thursday, <laughs> Wednesday or Thursday, completely just like popped into my brain. I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna talk about uh, I, I'm gonna talk about some crazy stuff that's going on. We're gonna be talking about the uh, the mentality of people online, right? And <laughs> 
And it just so happens that there there was an individual that that really took that to the next level. Um, is actively trying to take this stream down, actively trying to take down all of my social medias. I really don't care, folks. I really don't care. Let me just be perfectly honest. I exist in a realm outside of the internet, right? I am a physical person. Um, I'm I live in a I live in a world. Um, so I don't really care if people are attacking my socials um, and stuff like that. These people do. So that that was the entire purpose of the stream today originally um, was because I wanted to to dive into that topic and really give my background. Um, like I, I went to school primarily for art, but I did take psychology as a secondary, like as a as a minor. So like that, that was always something that really it, it really resonated with me it like really got interested in like the human mind and things like that so looking at all of these different things and all this stuff happening like to towards vic towards quentin towards a bu- uh, johnny young bosch a bunch of other a bunch of other people um <laughs> nine th- that funny funny part gav that nine dislike thing that got nuked it was at 35 dislikes and it got nuked down to nine so there's a bunch of uh there's a bunch of hate bot accounts that got swept off the internet <laughs> one from the one from Ron, the rest from the clown bots. So yeah, I I wanted to I wanted to talk about I wanted to talk a little bit about that today, and uh, and give a little bit of of my thoughts, and and kind of a I don't have I don't have the PhD obviously, I don't have the uh, the paper, but I do have the experience of uh, of being like um, around people with with. Uh, psychology degrees and people that are quote unquote smarter than I am. But uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about that today. And then um, it just so happened I caught the attention of, uh, uh, of a few people um, talked a little bit about things and then was, was getting chatting with Quentin and um, invited Quentin on the show. So we can kind of have this little coffee table discussion about what's been going on with him about the stuff that he's had to go through um, I'm going to talk, I'm, I'm going to pretty much talk a little bit about the experiences that I had, um, when we were inviting Vic to Kitchener Comic-Con, um, and things like that, the, the amount and the things before that too, there's a lot of stuff that people don't know. There's, there's a lot of stuff right from the, from the Vic Mignogna thing, right? That people have been following for a very long time. People understand that there's, st- there was stuff, there was people attacking our convention, attacking myself, attacking my friends even before we invited Vic, before Vic was even on our radar. So this is not a unique thing. And I've, I have the unique opportunity of seeing many different sides of it. I, I see Quentin's side. I see Vic's side. I see uh, my friend's side. I've been in it myself. So um, I think that I'm uniquely qualified to talk about uh, internet, internet outrage and uh, the, the clown circus. Uh, but going back to the intro, because um, I know people were we're like kind of like what what is this what is this craziness i thought it was i thought it was perfect because like when i when i thought social media circus it harkened back to the days when i was watching ytv out here in canada (laughs) it harkened back to those days when i was watching all of that nonsense and uh back when back before you were allowed to have commercial uh like commercials on ytv they had like they only had like 25 26 minute episodes because Everywhere else in the world, you could run commercials, but on YTV, you weren't allowed to run commercials on children's television. So they had to have fillers of like five to 10 minutes between shows uh, because the shows just didn't run that long. 
And so they had things called short circuits. And that was one of the short circuits that ran on YTV was that, that song and that, uh, that thing from Imaginaria. Um, the song is pretty fire. And when I, when I thought about circuses, that was the first one that came to mind. So there you go. I, I wanted to say, I want to say that. So welcome everybody in the chat. Thank you guys so much for, for coming out here today. Um, again, I'm giving people time to roll in here. I'm giving time for Quentin to set up. He's in the lobby. He's just, uh, he's just getting himself settled. He's getting himself set up. So, um, wish that was the case for, uh, for the U S good old channel 28. Absolutely. But yeah, we're giving people time to roll in here. I know that we usually get the majority of people coming in at about six, uh, about six thirty, about half an hour in 20, 20 to 30 minutes in 20 to 30 minutes in. So we're just going to sit and we're going to, we're going to wrap a little bit here because I need to address somebody out there. Well, multiple somebodies, not just one person in particular, um, cause that would be rude, but multiple somebodies out there. Um, and I, I said this on Twitter too. Um, when someone is saying to you or anybody really, it's just even a random person on the street. If you're saying to somebody that you are a lunatic, you're crazy, you're a psychopath, um, life tip, don't act like a psychopath in return. It's just, if you don't want to be seen as a crazy person, the last thing that you should do is start throwing cats at people. Just saying, and just putting that out there, just putting that out there. <laughs> by all means do you so i know there's a lot of people that are going to get pretty fired up about this stream as we're going to talk about some pretty um hot button topics i th i like to think if you've watched the stream before i'm pretty fair about this type of stuff um i'm pretty like calm and collected about this kind of stuff but i know there's a lot of people out there that are going to get really really pissed off and really really offended by it so last thing that i want to say about that um, full disclosure, full disclosure again uh, for for all people. Don't contact these lunatics. That's what they want. They want to be victimized. They want to be, uh, they want to play. You know, like that that they're being attacked, that they're being harassed, that they're being blah 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 blah. Just don't, just don't contact them. Don't give them what they want. Be be the good plant parent that you are, and let the plant die of starvation, please. Like we we know that everybody does. Just let, just let it, just let it die. There's, there's no point in, in engaging people that have absolutely no grasp on reality. Um, there's absolutely no reason to, uh, feed in. I mean, you, you want to laugh at him, laugh at him, go for it. <laughs> I, I don't even block them. Honestly, I don't even block them because I, I that's a victory for them, right? That gives them, uh, that gives them uh, pity points, like a, a one, like even one point of pity points. It's too much. I just mute them. I just, I mute them so I don't have to hear them and they can scream and cry and think that they are getting through and, and making me mad. I'm not, I'm not mad at all. I don't care. <laughs> be, the, be the plant some creeper crunch. Yes. Phoenix animations in the chat. CG metal Smith, Phoenix animation. Hello. Welcome. You're absolutely amazing. Phoenix animation is, uh, is doing a couple of, uh, I think, I think it's Kickstarters or Indiegogos right now. I don't remember which, but has a couple of really cool projects going on. You should go check them out. Um, and go check them out. Galden and, uh, Re reclaiming Zandara, reclaiming Zandara and Galden are the two projects 
yours truly is going to be a character. Well, one of my, one of my OG characters actually is going to be a character in Galden. Um, but yes, looking forward to hearing some, uh, from this gentleman. You've been trying to skim the document. Hopefully hearing his interview will provide some insight from your perspective. Absolutely. Ken, I am very excited that you're here. Thank you so much for joining us. Ken, for those of you, for those of you who don't know, Ken's counseling couch in the, uh, uh, in the chat right now, Ken is an actual therapist. Like Ken is a real card carrying. Uh, I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can sign prescriptions. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to mischaracterize you here, Ken. <laughs> you are a card carrying therapist. Um, someone who actually has like full training in uh, in that spectrum in that in that area. So, um, very glad that uh, Ken is Ken is here and, and hanging out. Uh, we definitely invited him to join us today. Absolutely. Very cool. Phoenix animation. I'm happy. Yes. Um, there was another chat that I saw as well. Indiegogo. Perfect. Um, what the heck? I saw somebody say something and I wanted to address that. I can't see it anymore. I can't see it anymore. <laughs> oh yeah. The, oh, I'm so bad. I keep forgetting to shill my own shit. I keep forgetting to shill my own shit. Um, if, if you have Patreon and you want to support the show, um, there is a Patreon up there that you can join. Um, it very, it goes like super cheap to a bit more expensive. You don't have to, it's not required. You can do it if you want to, um, joining the Patreon gets you into the exclusive discord club. You can get in the discord. We can chat all that good stuff. Um, now your therapist can, your therapist. Oh, psychiatrists can write scripts. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Good stuff. Um, so yeah, you can, you can join the Patreon if you want to join the Discord. Um, if you don't, then that's cool too. Um, at the top of the chat right now, you can see it. Whoop. Uh, top of the chat, there is a link that you can click um, if you want to super chat because we're so close. I think we're like 150 officially away because like right now, it's, it's, um, there, there's some like weird thing with YouTube where it's kind of between subscribers. So like it's showing my subscriber count is like 810, but for myself under the thing, it's showing 850. So I'm like 150 away from a thousand where I can get like actual real super chats and YouTube can actually make money off of me, uh, instead of you, y'all having to go to StreamYards or st- StreamYards, stream uh, elements and, uh, and pay me that way if you want to pay me. But anything over a dollar um, will trigger a super, will basically trigger a super chat. Um, and our, the lovely, the lovely AI Bella will read your super chat for you if it's not too, it's not too spicy. So all of the housekeeping out of the way, all of the housekeeping out of the way. Um, I'm just going to check in. Quentin, if, if you're ready to come in, just give me a thumbs up and I'll bring you in. If you can hear me. Awesome. He is ready. So without further ado, the guest of the hour or the guest of the day, I guess more, more of that. Mr. Quentin Flynn. Welcome. Hey, how are you Glad to be here. How are you doing? Doing well. I'm doing well. Awesome. Just adjusting this, uh, fantastic setup. No problem. Hey, you're looking, you're looking great How's today. The audio, okay. Yeah. Well, thank you. So are you? Awesome. Thank We're you. Grateful to be here, Chris. <laughs> it's my camera. My cameraman. 
It's okay. Boxes. It's Boxes. perfectly fine. Get it we're we're a stream of boomerang, so this is perfectly in line with what we have here. So it's all good. Perfect. Um, the video's on delay. Normal. Um, you're probably hearing the uh, you're probably hearing the YouTube and not the streamyards. Um, if that's if that's I have that muted. Yeah. Oh, that's so weird. I just know that. Uh, yeah, you're frozen for me on my camera. Oh. Oh, you're back live. Yep, yeah, back live. <laughs> live boomerang here. Yeah. It's so strange. Because I can, I can kind of hear myself, so I think I'm coming through your computer and not your earbuds. I think you might have muted the, the YouTube. That's weird. Let me uh, check that out. <laughs> well, YouTube's off. How about now? I can hear you. Perfectly fine. Can you hear me now? Yep. Can you hear me? Can okay. hear you. Almost real time? I do. Okay. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I mean, it's real time to me. Occasionally Absolutely. I hear a delay of myself. You can hear yourself? Um, yeah, I delay echo in the background. Oh, okay. That must be your YouTube. Um, if you're on Chrome, you can mute the tab. If you right-click the tab on YouTube and you can mute the tab, then it'll probably help I you did. from hearing yourself. Um, well, I shut down the laptop, so just the phone now. Oh, it's just the phone now? Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, um, first of all, I wanted to introduce you to, uh, to our fans here. Uh, thank you, Action Toys, for the dollar sixty-five. Um, first of all, I wanted to introduce uh, my audience here to you. Um, this, this is Quentin Flynn, folks. If you if you're not aware of him, I mean, where have you been living under a rock? <laughs> Mostly, but he's been he's been in so much stuff. Like, so and I'm I, admittedly I'm really really bad at keeping up with um, I'm really bad at keeping up with who voices who and and what. What have you? I know that you voiced Axel um, and Lee from Kingdom Hearts. I know that you voiced Raiden in Metal Gear uh, Solid. All that stuff. Um, I took a quick gander over uh, over all of your your body of work, and I'm like absolutely amazed on, on some of the stuff uh, that you've uh, you've done work on. And I have a bone to pick with you, sir. I have a bone to pick with you. Okay. Because <laughs> I recently, I, I recently, because I'm a huge Mass Effect fan like a really big mass effect fan. And I just got the remastered uh, version and I've been, I've been playing, I was playing that like all last week and I'm getting, I'm getting to the nitty gritty of mass effect three. And sir, I have to, I have to say um, that your voice acting as Colyet, um Creos in mass effect three um, absolutely kicked my ass emotionally. Um, first of all, so. Thank you so much for uh, for literally destroying my heart um, with your with your voice acting in that game. I'm like honestly amazed because like I had no idea that you did these things. I had no idea that that you were like literally such a such a, a huge inf like uh, such a huge star in the industry. And again, I'm bad because like I I'm bad at paying attention to credits. I'm bad at paying attention to that stuff. Um, yeah, he did Shadows King. He did. Um, but 
I, 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 admittedly, it was the same thing when I found out Vic did a whole bunch of stuff too. So it's not just you. It's not just the the fact. But this is one thing that people I don't think really understand is that you you voice like your voice is so you call yourself you call yourself a chame, a chameleon in your bio and i agree i mean like you fit so yeah, many no. different characters and putting a face to the name at at times is is at, at the best of times is difficult um but when we're talking about how you can completely change yourself for different characters like the <laughs> The the fact that the, the difference between Axel and and Raiden and Coliet and a, a myriad of the other characters that you played um, is is absolutely phenomenal. But I think this this is a part that people really really need to understand, and this is why I'm starting out with this, is because you've you've touched people's lives in ways that they probably don't even know, and people are judging you on a snapshot of that. And I think that's super unfair. I think that's that's really, I think that's really terrible that uh, that people are choosing to take a a snapshot out of uh, out of a movie to 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 basically write a review on it. Um, so like I from what all the stuff that I had read before, like I'd, I'd done a stream. Um, I've done a stream before uh, where I read over the um, uh, the script from. Uh, not the script, the, um, I can't remember the, the transcript. That's the word from the, uh, from the hearing that you had a little while ago. And I did my research into all that stuff and all the things that, that, uh, all the stories that are out there. And I couldn't find anything that was like, you know, that's the be all end all this person deserves to be on the cross. Couldn't find it. Doesn't exist. And I think that it's, it's really unfair to a lot of people out there that have been, listening to your stuff that might not even know that that you voiced this person or that person or or whatever else and really have no no idea no insight into your life right so this is this is a large reason as to why i wanted to have you on the show why i wanted to talk with you and why i i think it's really important that we kind of tackle these things um in a in a productive manner but i know i'm all over the place I'm all over the place right now, and I apologize, but uh, I just wanted to to introduce my my audience to you a little bit, and uh, and yeah. So, without further ado, um, if you wanted to to introduce yourself a little bit more as well. Thanks, Chris. It's great to be here. Um, gosh, well, I, uh, I I'm grateful for everything you just said, and I'm so happy that Chloe I touched you. Um, interestingly enough, I also played uh, the voice of uh, a vending machine. Yes. You remember the vending <laughs> machine in there? Uh, the insane vending machine trying to sell you energy drink that will make your life or take your life. Go and get it. It's fantastic. Um, and those, you know, I was a bartender. There are various roles. When they get us for video games, They'll get us for a lead role, and oftentimes they're allowed to have up, up to three characters from us. The same in animation. That's so so cool. we'll do other incidental roles, and oftentimes, you know, they might list it on our contracts, but when it comes to IMDb, they won't get up there. Right. And, uh, you know, IMDb started a number of years after my career started. 
I mean, I started in Los Angeles in 1988, um, uh, but in terms of animation, video games, anime, things really took off in uh, 1993, although I've been doing voiceover since 91. So, you know, depending on who you talk to, it's a 28 to 31 year career. Um, and it really hit with um, replacing Nathan Lane as Timon in the uh, animated series, Around the World, Timon and Pumbaa. Uh, <laughs> so, and cool. so, you know, that went right, a crazy casting of, um, casting call of about 100 actors, down to 25, down to eight, down to three, down to me. And I was, you know, pretty green at the time and young and fresh and didn't know what to expect. And um, suddenly I'm working with Disney and, you know, doing this, this character and just having the time of my life, you know. It was a real challenge to try to infuse Timon with the spirit of Nathan Lane. And, you know, you're doing an impression, but you're also bringing yourself to the character. And I've spoken to many people afterwards, uh, you know, over the years at conventions, specifically when I was in New York a few years ago, New York Comic Con. And, um, couple writer producers came up and said, you know, we loved your version. We loved what you did. And uh, we thought it was fantastic. So I was very grateful for that. And after that, I, I played the Human Torch in the Fantastic Four in 94. Flame on! Um, and then 96 was The Real Adventures of Johnny Quest, which came from guesting on that series. And new producers came in for season two who wanted to honor the original Quest series. And I was fortunate in that the day I was doing some pickups uh, with a dear friend of mine, Canadian actor, Michael Benier, who was the voice of Haji. Um, they said to me, hey, while you're here, would you read in some of you know, Johnny's lines? I said, sure, you know, huge fan since I was a kid watching reruns. I said, come on, Dad, let's go find Bandit. Haji, I think we're in trouble. And on the other side of the glass, I saw them. Thank you. <laughs> and of course, as any other actor knows, you think they're going, that was rubbish, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. Get him out of here. He's starting to stink. Thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and instead, you know, within a few weeks, my agent called me and said, you're the new Johnny Quest. That's fantastic. So, Mom, you know. So that's where it kind of started in terms of the voiceover world and gaming came after that uh, with Spider-Man and Marvel's Ultimate Alliance. Is Venom and Spider-Man friend or foe? Um, <laughs> then with Sheldon. Sheldon? Don Prima. And Sheldon's creation, Super Shell, for my life as a teenage robot for three seasons on Nickelodeon. Um, Guested on Animaniacs, Johnny Bravo, Freakazoid, Angry Beavers, um, you know, all kinds of stuff. There was even a Mad cartoon based on Mad TV where I voiced Tom Cruise. And uh, then suddenly gaming really took off. And I went from this character, Mr. Fossey on Monkey, was it Monkey Island? Maybe Treasure Island, I forget. Um, the Curse of Monkey Island? To Raiden. For the Metal Gear series. Chris of Monkey Island, that's it. Yeah. 
And uh, I was like, what's this video game voice acting thing? I mean, no one knew at the time. You have to imagine that there was a time before voice acting for games, as we all know. And, and then they started to get into character development, story development, and, um, which was fascinating. And, and came Axel. And when I was auditioning for that, the director had directed me on Johnny Quest. And so when I was auditioning, she says, Quinn, I want you to give me, give me an older version of Johnny. Um, he's not uh, as naive or earnest. Um, you know, you're, you, you've got that edge. So give him a little edge. So I gave him the edge, made him a little sarcastic. And it was closer to my voice. And that was strange for me because I've been an impressionist and doing impressions since I was eight. So I thought, when you get into character work, that's all you'll ever do. You'll never do anything that sounds like your voice because it's uninteresting. <laughs> and here we are all these years later where people say to me, I love your voice. What is my voice? And over time, you know, in life and in acting, as we peel the, way, the layers of the onions as people, if we're doing any work on ourselves at all, you know, they've kind of, they've, finally come together and yep. So now I can be me for auditions and just act instinctively and give them what they're asking for without having to do an impression of somebody else. Um, I'll do variations, just as I did in Guild Wars 2, where I played, um, I played a Brit sounds more like Paul McCartney these days, and I've done Sir Paul in a few movies, you know, that's the thing. And there was also Rexus Rage Spear, give me some mead! <laughs> uh, you know, and then, um, gosh, games like Minority Report, uh, Star Wars, The Old Republic, and, and then anime. Suddenly that came about, I had no idea what that was. Uh, created voices for uh, Naruto as Iruka Sensei. I was the original Blaira. And then um, Town for Bleach. Uh, gosh. Uh, so many others. Hard to count. And, and then um, it's kind of continued with that. And as an actor, you know, you move from one project to another, to another. And the the games or the series come out much later mm -hmm. by the time they come out and the fans have an opportunity to see them enjoy them play them i'm on to other things that won't be coming out for another six months to a year two years three years um and i had a grand successes so henry cool down and you know that uh, that game that we all know about no more heroes one and two <laughs> which uh, brought me to dublin and then when they asked me to come out to see the crowd, they gave me a standing ovation, right? Just walking out before I even hit the stage. And I was, what? That usually happens after. <laughs> <laughs> but I was so thrilled because they loved my, uh, my Dublin brogue. And we got to talk about my, my heritage there. My dad was Irish. His parents came over from Ireland. And I have family there in the East and in the West Country. Uh, and in Northern England, and in the South, and I've been all there so many times over the years. We've had so many wonderful reunions. It's been a joy. Um, so I think that kind of gets you up to speed in terms of the gaming, the animation, the right. anime, 
you know, I've done Scooby Doo in recent years. And then there's narration. And then there are commercials. And then there are industrials. Um, all kinds of things that people wouldn't know. Uh, I will just end it with this. The one thing people might know if they watch the Investigation Discovery Channel is I narrated three seasons of I Kill For You. That's so cool. really gritty, you know, and really cool. On, on South Park, they call that, um, what do they call that? Um, they call it murder porn. <laughs> and the biggest demographic. Oh. I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> it's uh, okay. It's par for the boomer course. Yeah, here. the biggest demographic uh, are, are women. And I. Oh, we lost him. <laughs> He's on his phone right now, so he'll uh, he'll be back in just a moment. Can we get you back? There we go. There you go. <laughs> and uh, there we go. And a lot of uh, friends of mine. Oops. My goodness. I need a camera <laughs> operator. But a uh, number of friends said, I know your voice. And I said, I don't know what it would be from. And a dear friend of mine back here I went to high school with, she, her name is Jody. Uh, she said, Clinton, I love listening to you on I Kill For You. I listen to it before I go to bed every night. It's very soothing. That, that would be my Order reaction, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was, you know, it was difficult for me because I'd have to do uh, my homework the night before, and I'd watch the video, and I'd read the story, and it was not only compelling, but frightening. And they yeah. were real-life uh, murders that had been discovered, or they were cold cases. Um, none of us had ever heard of them. They, they wouldn't be anything famous but you know this stuff's happening all the time and uh after i'd finished my homework i'd have to go have a palate cleanser you know watch something light and Absolutely. then getting in the next day it was easy because you know everything was lit and i'm just working a script not to picture and i've got a producer in my headphones who's from new york great guy lloyd fails and um did that out of burbank while they were in new york and so it's all i'm saying is it's been a journey you know uh, while in between um, acting for the stage, doing comedy, um, doing plays, doing rock and roll music, original covers, um, you know, just being kind of a, a hyphenate or a triple threat, as they say. Absolutely, um, yeah. Well, and so it's just it, an it, artist, like you know, all people. I believe all people. <laughs> I believe all people are artists, and all cameras are dysfunctional. And like I, I've heard some of your music, and so there it you is go. That's fantastic. Like I've, it's it for people who who haven't yet. Oh, I mean, you. I don't know if we, I don't know if they can search it out, but it's got this like really nice like vintage feel to it. But it's like a modern vintage, right? Like it's it, it's such a unique thing to listen to, and yeah. like you can tell that you're that you really feel your like that you really feel it. Like you really you're really into your music. You really love it. Um, cause it comes through, it comes through in it. It's, it's really, really nice. People are, people want to hear you sing in the chat. Right? <laughs> yeah, they can. Actually, there are three songs out there, um, on all formats. So if you look up my name, you, you can hear the songs that are out there. And yeah, we, um, I did send you some pre-release uh, songs that we're going to be dropping, you know, uh, 
my producers encouraged me. Mark Dan's eyes in the Sausage Factory Studios. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm working on the art with my wife, Samantha. Um, and we're very excited about it. You know, it's very That's cool. fantastic. Well, I, I, and like, honestly, just, just hearing you talk and, and reminisce about all of this wonderful stuff. I mean, like there's, I, I see the chat just flying down here with all the people being like, Oh my God, I remember this. I remember that you've been such a factor in so many people's lives. Like, I, I don't think that people out there that are latching on to certain narratives and things like that. It's not just for you either. It's for a bunch of other voice actors and a bunch of other things that people really enjoy. They latch onto these narratives. They latch onto yeah. these attacks on people, and it's like it's it's they don't understand how far that people have have been have been reached. You know, like they they don't understand that it's it goes beyond you know a, a person being just like just being human, right? I mean, everybody ha everybody makes mistakes. Everybody yeah. makes poor decisions from time to time. I. I Anybody out there that says that they're perfect, they're lying to you, like 100%. Like the, the best, I, I love the quote, you know, life is pain and anyone that says otherwise is trying to sell you something. <laughs> it's, it, it's, that's the way yeah. that I look at things, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's the way that I look at it. But honestly, yeah. it's, it's like, yeah, you're right. When, when we're, when we're looking at all of these people that are out here, um, it's in, in my experience, this has just been a recent generational thing. This has been in the past 20, 30 years that this has really started to happen. And this is more so seeing because since the inception of, <laughs> of social media, since the yeah, inception of camera. social media, Keep going. <laughs> um, we've seen this happen more and more and more. And now I, I haven't done an in-depth study in this. It's just me, more me observing things. But this is people that are looking for for the attention. These are people that are are jealous that other people are more successful than them and not understanding the process to get there. Because when I was aging out of high school, like when I was like in grade 11, grade 12, they, my high school started bringing in incentives and bringing in, for lack of a better word, the part participation ribbon. Like it was the participation ribbon era uh, that was coming in. And these individuals have been taught for the past 10, 15, 20 years that everybody is entitled to the number one spot. Even if there's only one number one spot, everybody is entitled to it. And that's a problem because we're setting everybody. up our society to be failure, right? Out of 100, only one person is going to be number one. And 99 other people are going to be really mad and disappointed because they didn't get number one. When in fact we should really be like celebrating all of the things that we've been able to accomplish and all of this stuff and use that as inspiration to move forward. And it, just looking at your body of work, it honestly shocked me when I was looking at it last night because I, I was just like, holy shit, like he's not just Axel. He's not just Raiden, right? He's done like all of these things from small, small roles to big roles, all of this stuff. And, and, and here we are. Um, and here we are, have a group of people that are acting out of, a, out of an emotional space, out of a, a space of being hurt, out of a space of being, uh, either jealous or ignorant or what have you. And they're trying to tear down a body of accomplishment instead of 
you know, being like, okay, well that maybe, maybe person X did something bad once, but that, that doesn't mean that poisons everything else. Right. Cause I mean, for the, for the one bad decision we make in our lives 40 years ago, 50 years ago, hundred years ago, um, is, is that enough to erase all of the good that's been done as well? <laughs> no, no. And you know, really what it comes down to is uh, putting down the magnifying glass and pick up the mirror. Uh, I'm not responsible for anyone's happiness or misery. And nobody is responsible for mine. Absolutely. I'm responsible for my own happiness or misery. You know, I've had to learn that over the years and the hard way. And especially, uh, well, it just depends on, you know, how you've been raised or schooled, what you've been taught. And if you don't know that, it, it's a challenge. Um, it's always easy to point the finger. You know, when you point the finger at someone, you got three fingers pointing back at yourself. Exactly. Uh, you know, exactly. and the thing is, how can I judge you, Chris? I, I've not walked in your shoes. Uh, you know, it's underneath the anger, the resentment, is fear. It's that fight or flight instinct uh, that's as old as time. It's just that, you know, here we are uh, living in a technical revolution post-industrial revolution. Um, and, you know, people like my parents who grew up under the lash of World War II, you know, really had it bad. Absolutely. And then, you know, they were lucky to hear shows on a radio or read a newspaper. And then this thing called TV came up in the 50s. But I digress. There was a time when men and women had to survive with their instincts because they needed to be safe protect themselves and their family. And the reason that fight or flight instinct is there is because there is a genuine threat, like an animal. It's going to kill you. So you're going to run or you're going to kill it. Well, what are we doing? We're sitting on the internet right now. <laughs> and anyone who's watching or listening to this right now, look at where your feet are. Look at your head. Do you have a roof over your head? You've got a computer. And we can relate and we can connect like all over the world. Um, it's bizarre. And, and it's not the norm, you know. Um, it's it definitely not natural. Good thing. Uh, or it can be a bad thing. Yeah, it's not natural. It's not natural. Really, we're, we're doing TV. Uh, and I studied that in university and learned how to edit, learned how to shoot with heavy gear and cameras in a studio and in the field. Here, with a camera like you know the newest iphone or any any newer version you can create your own films you can be a movie maker you can be an editor if you want you can be your own star and um i like you i have a life outside of this box right um and i'm just not a social media junkie i'm encouraged to um you know, produce content or release things. And, and I, I only do them, especially more recently, when I feel compelled to. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a dear friend of mine 
Michael Scott, our dear brother, is in the hospital after having two brain surgeries. He's fighting for his life, and he doesn't know how much time he has to live after they removed a tumor. He could have six months. He could have six years. He could have six days. He's terrified. Mm -hmm. And we've all been there for him, and I put it out on social media for people's good thoughts and prayers, and people have responded in kind. And then on the lighter side, you know, it was Aruka Umino's birthday or Aruka Sensei. And so let's, let's celebrate it, put it out there. And I received messages from so many people who said, you know, he was not only a mentor, he was a father figure to me. And I've only heard that in recent years. And that's mind-blowing. Like I, I, I can't wrap my head around it because I'm on the inside looking out. Um, but I get it because for me, you know, Gene Wilder, uh, who played Willy Wonka and was in Young Frankenstein. Fantastic. It was kind of the ultimate father figure for me, you know. Uh, Elizabeth Montgomery, who was on Bewitched, she would be my mother of choice. Um, you know, I love my dear mother. Um, you know, and the Beatles, I wanted to be the, be the Beatles. And I had <laughs> dreams of being the fifth Beatle. Um, I also wanted to be Jerry Lewis. <laughs> and he inspired me to do Sheldon. Um, and that is to say that everything I watched inspired and influenced me to do what I'm doing now since I was a child. Um, but I've had to do it in real time, in real places, with real people, and face real rejection. We're talking about the things that I've done, never mind you know, the thousands of things that I was not selected for. Um, going back to the topic though of instincts, people have instincts run wild if they're not put in check. And, you know, especially with COVID and the lockdown, so many people have gotten worse. And the obsession to connect or disrespect, able, they're able to try to disable others to get some kind of a dopamine hit that's twisted. Absolutely. It's not joyous and it's empty Absolutely. and it doesn't last long. It's, you know, it's it, it, love is the much, answer. That's what everybody wants. Oh, I agree. And it's, it's very much, I, I think you hit a really good point that I wanted to, I wanted to hammer, hammer home. And that's, you went out there and you, you learned, you took influences from everybody. You saw what was successful. You saw what you enjoyed, what you liked, what aspects of things that you found was entertaining or uplifting or, you know, empowering. And you applied that to yourself. Whereas we're seeing now in the advent of social media, in the age that we are in now, people are seeing those exact same things and they're, they're considering those threats to them because they're more successful or they're more endearing than them or they're more this or they're more that and they attack them and they don't shut and they shut them out and they don't create anything whereas the people that take in that stuff and improve themselves and use that to build themselves up and build others up they create things they create lasting impressions whereas now we have people who are so desperate to get that that like on Facebook, to get that little notification on Twitter, to get those 10 views on TikTok. They are so desperate 
to leave a footprint, to leave a legacy behind, that they're blind to what actually creates that legacy. I agree. It's true. You know, it's, um, it's like, there's an expression about the village virus or crabs in the cage. You know, crabs, yeah. instinctively, when a crab tries to crawl out of a cage, they instinctively pull the crab down. Absolutely. And the village virus, you know, is for anyone. It can be your family of origin or it can be the place in which you live. Try going outside of it, as I did. Uh, I grew up in a small eastern, northeastern suburb of Cleveland and decided I wanted to be an entertainer. And I had three choices. Uh, New York City, Los Angeles, California, the, the primary or Chicago, they call it the second city, where I knew I had to go and eventually move to one of the others. Now, you tell your parents that, and my dad, you know, uh, grew up rather impoverished, uh, an old school thinking Irish family who came from farms. You know, he was a fireman and an electrician. He knew how to fight. He knew how to work hard to care for his family, to keep a roof over our head, food in our stomachs. And his goal was to get us to university, my brother Bart and I, because he hadn't done that. And no Flynn had ever been to university. Um, so he said to my brother and I when we were kids, he said, you know, boys, uh, you want to go for the long dollar. Mind you, we were, I was about eight or nine. He said, but you want to go for the long dollar. You want to become a doctor, an engineer. Or a lawyer. <laughs> and in my head, we sat there on the couch and I went, uh, well, I've seen that on TV, but, but, but I don't know what it means. Mm -hmm. uh, it, to me, an, an engineer was a guy who ran a train. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, a doctor was, you know, Dr. Kildare or Marcus Welby. These are arcane references, um, but you could use someone from Chicago Hope, you know, or, uh, oh gosh, you know, the other one that's in my head, uh, it begins with an H. Um, he was in Stuart Little. Uh, his father. Uh, oh, shoot. I think someone in the someone chat. Someone will write it in the chat, I know. Yeah. But, you know, and then the lawyer, uh, okay, Al Pacino in And Justice for All. You're out of order. You're out of order. House. You know, or Harry Mason, which was there in reruns as I was a kid. So that's the only way I could really, I didn't know anybody, anybody in real life who did that stuff. So the gap for me was gigantic. All I knew is I knew how to sing songs that we did with the family, uh, play guitar. Um, create art, you know, we started drawing since we were kids, crafting, painting. Uh, I would say that, you know, the artist's life chose me and this career. I didn't choose it. Um, other friends of mine did what my dad said. They were going to university and said, I'm going to study business or I'm going to study law. I want a safe, secure future. And I'd say, well, what about art? And they'd be like, huh? <laughs> yeah so there you go and the journey of an artist as 
we know, up, down, all around. There's mm-hmm. no one gives you a guidebook. No. And the internet hits. No one gives you a guidebook on how to operate on the internet. Uh, then you become a talent that people recognize, and, and they come and tell you what impact you've had on them. And you go, I, I, me? I don't know how to respond to it. I, like I almost go like, this, they don't. I don't believe it. I, how can it be? Because I don't see it. I'm not living their lives. Mm-hmm. You know. But there, I had to go. Okay, they're having the same experience I had. When I was growing up and I was listening to the Eagles in Boston and I was reading liner notes, you know, or I was watching Spider-Man um, the reruns, you know, or I was watching Scooby-Doo. And um, I remember I went to like a car convention when I was a kid and we saw Leonard Nimoy oh, wow. in Star Trek and I was mind blown. I saw Anson Williams from Happy Days who played Potsy and really Happy Days was... That 70s show was just like Happy Days and the gold exactly. was like that 70s <laughs> show. So, you know, that was my experience, the closest thing I could relate to. And I went, oh, okay. But the weirdest thing for me is like, well, how did, how, how can you relate to, or, or be uh, inspired by uh, um, the voice acting? And then I thought, well, wait, James Earl Jones. My God. Darth Absolutely. Vader, you know? Uh, Sam Elliott, you hear his voice, and even if you don't know him, you know it. So yeah, anyway, I've gone off on a tangent. No worries. All of that to say, when I hit Hollywood, I had no one to go to, you know. Um, I, I had no one waiting there to uh, put me in. Um, you know, there was no, I, I was not a member of any um, famous family. Uh, I was not a sheen. I was not a Kardashian. Um, I was not a Coppola. So had to make my own way and just went with faith and a lot of hard work. And they say faith without works is dead. Uh, fear is just faith who hasn't said their prayers. And we can't sit around. We got to take action, you know, and uh, make something happen, become something, become a part of. Um, and my goal is to do that. And be a part of instead of apart from. And I can tell you that when I walk into a room, no matter where it is, whether it's an audition or a family gathering, if it's something new, I'm as frightened as anybody else on the first day of school. But I do it anyway. And then the fear starts to dissipate when we speak from the heart to one another. We focus on the commonalities, not the differences. <laughs> like this goddamn <laughs> camera. <laughs> So there you go. I, I, no, I think, motherfucker, what's going on? This is dope boy, bitch. I think that the, the camera is like a perfect microcosm. Shit. Holy fuck. <laughs> because, like, honestly, what you're saying is, like, 100% true. Um, it's, you're, you're, like, I mean, just just using the camera as an example, right? It, ever that you're, you're coming across amazingly well, and then the camera, something beyond your control just starts to, to flop and fall around. This is this is the beauty that is life, right? Like this is yeah. this is the color that that is uh, is inflict. It's it's everywhere when you look at it, right? People are people nowadays are so streamlined and funnel visioned that they don't notice the greater orchestra around them, right? They don't they don't or they don't notice the the greater things around them because we're all staring at our phones, right? We're all staring at our devices. We're 
taking that little snapshot box, uh, that that little tiny that little tiny thing, and we're we're not paying attention to everything else that's going on. And I, I we we talked about this briefly um, offline. Uh, these these people that are out there trying to tear people down instead of trying to create because there's very there's a very clear oil and water situation going on here. There's a there's a large swath of people who are creators who who are successful who go out and build people who go out and build things and and build you know ideas and build the future and there's a large group of people that are the polar opposite that go out there and tear down and destroy and attack and do nothing but try to just absolutely yeah. take that away and the the only thing that i could find that correlates between both of them is uh, the i mean because we haven't seen this in in any in any point in history outside of uh, very very small things but we haven't seen it on a, such a grand scale until we started getting into social media oh we lost quentin he'll be back in a second um until we in, until we had the advent of social media until we had the uh the things like oh there he goes we got him back until we had those things show up and and have people have instant uh instant access to to reinforcement um gathering together with people and and that share the same like mind which i think is great it's a fantastic thing i really wish that these individuals would put this effort into building things instead of trying to tear people down i i, I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of energy there but like you said it's it's like it comes down to fear it comes down to to faithlessness and i i find i find so much inspiration um i know i know a lot of people um take inspiration from books or stories or novels I take inspiration from like movies, from from um, video games, because those are just long long form stories, basically long form books that you uh, that you kind of play through and you you have that connection to. But we've we've had this discussion uh, offline too, and it's like when you look at when you look at the characters that you voice, right? If you look at if you look at the characters' journeys that uh, that you yourself have been involved with that people that ingest that content, that they play that video game or they read that book or they watch that anime series or what have you, they ingest that content and they go on that journey as well. And it's it, for yourself being able to, to give life to that, for yourself being able to, to give emotion to that, because um, you're, you're basically going in and saying, okay, like when, when I was writing, I'm just going to go on a side tangent just briefly. When I was writing uh, my novel, which I'm still writing. It's taking forever, but we'll get we'll get there eventually. Um, cool. Um, I I would do dialogue like in my own in my own head, right? I would have the conversations between the characters in my head. Because I I don't I don't write normally. I I'm a, I'm a bit weird when it comes to this stuff. But I do that to get into the mindset. Like, what is this person feeling? How would they react? How would this and that and whatever else? And by doing that, you kind of go through their journey as well, right? When you're creating a character for people who create original characters for, pe for, for people who go out there and say, well, how can I adapt? Like you're saying, how, how can I adapt someone else's um, character? Like someone else voiced Timon or if, if I go in, how can I adapt Johnny quest? I, I adapt them and I, I put them in there and I take in that person's emotions and I process it. I'm going through their journey as well. So, so as a side tangent, that aside, 
we we also talked briefly about how a lot of these individuals don't see the same sky that we do like they 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 look up like we look up and we see the clouds might see the moon might see the sun might see blue what have you these people look up and they see something completely different and i don't know how we got there but we're here and this is a reality that we have to live with now because we're having two sets of realities clashing against each other and that's only getting worse yeah no, you're absolutely right. The polarization that has gone on uh, in the last number of years has been absurd. Um, and it's crazy to me, uh, you know, what what we see. And I mean, I can even see it in my friends and family. There's black and white thinking. It's all or nothing. Absolutely. They're pitting people against one another. Folks are drinking the Kool-Aid, they're buying the bumper sticker bullshit, and they're regurgitating it. These are not original thoughts. There's no critical thinking. No. Yeah, and the thing is, I heard it uh, when I was in Los Angeles, and then I, I, I'd fly to Chicago or Cleveland. I sat down to lunch with a friend of mine who's about 70, who's been in the show, in the show business as a manager for about 50 years. And what came out of his mouth was, it was just a news soundbite, uh, you know, of negativity. And I thought, I just heard that from my friend in Los Angeles. The same thing. Absolutely. Uh, it's universal. Um, it's, again, it's fear-based and it's judgmental. And it's, they have no real life experience with it. It's gossip. Character assassination is um polite form of murder you know and gossip is murder and it's bullshit you know you know where give me some truth you know give me some love like take some action uh you know john lennon and yoko ono in the early 70s were doing that kind of thing and they were putting it out there and people just shit all over them in the press well people do that now daily uh whether it's usually through twitter or it can be on any of the major news networks. Um, and everybody can create a channel and it's happening and there's fragmentation and there's anger. Why? Because no one has to go out and, and actually deal with fight or flight. And people are retreating. And this becomes their world. And, you know, it's, an, it's insanity. You know, as you, you mentioned, we got to stop and smell the roses, you know. You see our neighbor, you know, back, I remember at one point, Bono, who I'm not always a fan of, uh, and some of the folks uh, he was running with in the, maybe the late 80s, the big, you know, bumper sticker was, think globally, act locally. <laughs> How about this? Think locally, act locally. Clean up your own garbage. Look in your own backyard. Don't go into your neighbors. What the fuck? And, and now we're living you know? in a world where governments are encouraging people to, to turn over their neighbors, to attack each other, to yeah. call out things. Like, uh, to a degree, you know, like, if, if, there, if there's somebody on the street 
that has a knife to somebody's throat, right? Uh, fine. I have no problem trying to, to step in if it's not going to cause harm to the person. But if we're talking Absolutely. about two people having a disagreement, like, I don't know if you've ever seen the, if you've ever seen the video of the, the two gentlemen on the street, and it was probably somewhere in Europe where they started flipping each other off. It was, it was hilarious, but <laughs> we're being told now that we should be stepping in and stopping that. We should be, we should be like tackling them to the ground and, and throwing the, throwing away the key because they could potentially be violent. Like why, where has the sense of humor gone? First of all, like yeah. where, where has the sense of realism gone? Because there's, there's a very clear difference between an immediate, immediate threat and someone just being an asshole. And if, if being cut by a knife is the exact same as being cut by somebody's words, that is not a society issue. That's a personal issue that the person need, that the person feeling that needs to come to terms with. They need to deal with that. And I don't know where along the lines in the past 15 to 20 years we got to where we, we can't even vent opinions. We can't even voice displeasure with people anymore. Like without either having, having to call them some kind of uh, catchphrase or, or some kind of uh, buzzword uh, because they disagree with us or without like completely trying to destroy them because we're, we're mad about something. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Like the, the, the rationale behind that. Right. I understand disappointment. I've been disappointed many, many times. I've been in situations where I've been physically assaulted. I've been in situations when I've been mentally assaulted. I've been in situations where I've had my feelings hurt. Everybody has. The point here is, is like we, we're kind of losing touch with, with, with the severity of things, right? It's, it's people were so worried about, you know, video games and television desensitizing violence and blah, blah, blah. That's not the case. I can, I can watch a Denzel Washington film and understand that that's fiction, but there are certain people out there that think that's a documentary. Right. No, you're right. I mean, I know uh, there's a particular film he did that I thought was terrific. He played an airline pilot uh, who was drunk, right? Yeah. Um, but he still righted the plane, and, um, and he saved a lot of lives, went through a lot of hell, and went through recovery. But I know that Denzel Washington is not a airline pilot with a drinking problem. <laughs> I know he didn't destroy an airplane unintentionally. Give it 10 years and someone out there might say he did. I think you're right. <laughs> you know, what we're talking about here like, uh, is the hero's journey. Joseph Campbell writes about that. Uh, if people out there are not familiar with Campbell, I recommend you, you read him. Oh, and what you said about my characters with Ryden and Axel, you know, we are, they're flawed. They're, they're, it's a hero's journey. Exactly. It's, it's not, not good perfect. and bad. It's not like the sheriff and the, the bad guy who rules in the town. It's, you know, there's combinations of all for all of us. Um, and, and speaking of the video you mentioned, sure, if there's a guy flipping off one guy and a guy flipping off another, you know, and perhaps to, I didn't see it, but it sounds like it could have been a comedic thing. And, and, and today people think, well, that must be a hate crime. Put them away. Um, on the other side, I just saw a tremendously disturbing video where this one woman was beating the shit out of another woman in a restaurant, fast food restaurant, 
three guys were around with video cameras, video recording it, as this woman dragged this woman out into the street, kept smashing her head with her fist and stepping on it. No one stepped in to do anything. And that was a time for people to take action. Absolutely. And, and, and it was, you know, it was put on the web and I was baffled. And that's how people are desensitized. Now yeah. that's insanity. That's, that is desensitization. Know, are, it's animalistic. Where does that come from? It's because a a lot of it was because the people have never had to deal with this stuff. It it doesn't seem real to them. I remember growing up in high school very vividly to this day. There was one kid and I grew up in the, the time when being being gay was not an accepted thing, not a very openly accepted thing at all. Um, there was a, there was a kid probably was like 16, 17. Like I was young. I was like 14. I, I was like 15 at the time. I was like, I was young. I remember distinctly that there was a rumor going around that this kid was gay. That, that was the rumor. It wasn't that he like, he wasn't that he R worded somebody. It wasn't that he, and he wrote somebody just that he was gay. And there was a group of fully grown adults 17 18 19 year olds that showed up at the high school dragged him out in the parking lot and beat the living shit out of him to the point where literally one of the teachers this is this happened before before school started one of the teachers saw this ran outside and was ripping people off of this kid and like i that'll i'll remember that to the day that i die because that right there, there was so many people around that were that were just staring. Because this was before we had we all had phones to take videos. People right. were shocked; they had no idea what was going on. You had a group of people that were actively like, trying to kill somebody in the street over what? Yeah. Over nothing. Yeah. And like I remember that that teacher, uh, a younger guy, I think he probably was in his thirties. Um ran out there and was literally ripping people off, ripping, ripping people off of him. Got the, got the police out there. They don't, this generation, I don't know if they've had to deal with this stuff, but like to, no. to, the, to have that reaction of the, your first reaction of, of seeing someone getting attacked or in a fight is to take out your phone. Yeah. Like uh, there's been countless times. Like I saw, like I've been, I've been walking through the park um, locally here and like I, I do Pokemon go all that fun stuff but I'm like walking through the park yeah. catching Pokemon and I see this guy on the I see this guy on the ground and he's like I have my headphones on and he, he's calling for help and I'm like look over and I take off my headphones he's got a guy in a headlock the guy's like shirtless and bloodied and he has this guy in a headlock and he says this and he's like calling for help no one in the park at all is helping him and I just literally notice him and I take my headphones off. I come over and I call the police because this man, the, the, the guy that was in the headlock just smashed a beer bottle over the guy's head. And the guy was like bleeding and no one was helping him. And it was literally in the middle of the day, literally in the middle of the day and like no rhyme or reason. So like, I, I don't know why we've gotten to this point in society where even <laughs> just doing the right thing doesn't exist anymore. We would sooner make a tweet about it first before helping them 
before stepping in, before going to the authorities. This is this is why I've always talked about this stuff. Oh yeah, and, uh, happy Memorial Day weekend, everybody. Absolutely. Happy Memorial Day weekend, everybody. But what I always talk about this stuff because like it's so frustrating. Because like I I know. And I, I bring this up a lot, and it's not for pity points, so people please don't pity me. Um, I was a victim of sexual assault when I was young, when I was 18. I was drugged by a good friend of mine, who I thought was a good friend of mine. Um, he uh, he put he put um, I think it was I think it was some kind of um, sleeping drug or something into my into my my drink, and woke up the next day. Um. In, in in the bed, no clothing. And he... I'd been told many, many times that uh, he's done this to other people, and I just kind of brushed it off. And I was ashamed at the time, so I never reported it. And I always blamed myself for not reporting it. Because I could have, at that point, gone to the police and gotten that taken care of so he could not do that to anybody else and I chose not to. So it's it's will it's willful. It's my own choice that I carry that burden with me because I don't know if he ever I don't know if he ever got reported. I don't know if he ever saw justice. Part of it was selfish because I didn't ever want to see him again. I didn't want to have to go back into into a courtroom or a room and identify him and talk to him and and hear his side of it. And then potentially be ruled against. Uh, that was selfish on my part. So for people out there that are, that are going to come at me for my work with, for defending Vic for defending yourself, Quentin, for defending other people and, and say that I'm a, th- I'm a sympathizer, say that all of that other stuff, you know, whatever else, whatever hurtful thing that they think is going to hurt me, which y'all can't hurt me. Been there, done that. Y'all can't hurt me anymore. <laughs> Just say that. Yeah. They're going to say all that stuff. The, th- the fact of the matter is, it 100%, I 100% had the chance to put an end to that immediately, and I chose not to. So when people are out there, and they have, they have an active chance to stop something or prevent something from happening, and they choose not to, is why I, I advocate all the time, I don't care if you don't like the police. I don't care if you don't like lawyers. I don't care if you don't like your principal. I don't care if you don't like your parents. If shit is happening to you, you have, you have that choice. Now, is it the right choice or the wrong choice to, to make a, make a report at the time? Who knows? That's a choice that you have to live with. And to see all of these people out here that are making accusations against Johnny Young Bosch, Todd Habercorn, Vic Mignogna, yourself, insert random voice actor here who's literally done nothing wrong. Years later, after people coming out and, and ag- not only agreeing to it, but like planning and, and goading things on, like asking for a hug, asking for a kiss, asking for a photo, asking for... You know, will you sign this this weird fanfic picture of mine? And then ten years later, all of a sudden, that's not okay. Yeah, it, it's it's not it's it's that is not okay. Because if you if you if, if you were fine at the time, and then you look back at it and say, well, that was a decision I didn't like. That was your decision to make. 
that's not the fault of the person. Now, do I, do I think that my situation, do I think it was the fault of the person? I mean, absolutely. He decided to put drugs in my drink and do what he did. Is it also my fault for not reporting it? Absolutely. Does that make what he did right? No, it didn't. And again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to name names because it's years later and I don't want to be a hypocrite about things. I made my bet a long time ago with that situation. Now, do I, do I say that people should never speak up ever about these things? No, I think people should speak up about these things, but they should also be prepared to show evidence of these things as well. If they want to talk about their, their bad decision or their regret or what have you, they have to talk about that as, as a bad decision to regret. They can't turn that around. They can't change history and say, well, I agreed at the time, but now 20 years later, I don't, I don't agree with it. So it's their fault now. No, that's part of growing up. That's part of learning. That's part of being a human being. And, uh, I know it's kind of gone off on a tangent here, <laughs> but... Right, but you're right. I mean, everyone has a part to play. Yeah. Everyone has their own. Uh, we all, you know, I've learned, I put myself in position or positions in life that later caused me to be hurt. I was, you know, beaten brutally in high school uh, by who was considered a bully and, and his crew. The guy had 100 pounds on me. He had a resentment against me. Um, and he, there was no talking to him. That messed me up. Uh, I was molested uh, when I was working at a video store. And I didn't even know it at the time. And, and, and when I kind of came to, uh, I was shocked. I was frightened. I was embarrassed. Both situations, I didn't say anything to anyone who could help me because I was frightened. Yeah. Okay. But at the same time, in those situations, I didn't speak up for myself. I was a doormat, and it's taken me years of uh, recovery through therapy. Absolutely. Through self-help, through different 12-step groups, and working with others to give away the solution to those who want it. They take it, and then they, 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 they do it, and people work together in community, in harmony. And I pass it along for fun and for free. For those who suffer some of the same ills, if they want it, these are but suggestions. There are no rules. You know, I am no president. I, 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 I'm, I'm a guide. I'm not in charge. I'm nobody's doctor. I'm nobody's father. I'm nobody's God. And, and none of the other people who have helped me, whether it's in a paid professional or, or somebody who's working for free. Absolutely. Now there's a few people that are chatting to you there on the, on the YouTube chat. I can hear you out of my, my one ear. Let me see if I can get this back up. <laughs> All right. How's that? Hello? I hear you in my right ear now. I don't know what the hell's going on. Can you hear me? <laughs> I can hear you perfectly fine. Yeah. Crazy. Um, <laughs> Technology. But you know, we learn from these things, I think is what you're saying. We do. And we grow. You know, we don't, we have, we have two choices, right? We have two choices. 
I mean, like in this lobby right now, between you and me, it's clear that we both we both took the choice to learn from that and and adapt and move on and make the changes. But there's a lot right. of people out there that experience disappointment and they can't take the ownership of it or they refuse to and they build up this separate reality where rules don't apply to certain things but they apply to others they they do this and i think it's a self defense mechanism honestly yeah i i think it's because like these people they they literally can't come to terms with something that traumatic that happened to them Either I I say traumatic as a very as a wide angle of the word as, as wide as the angle of the word as possible from like you know getting punched in the face all the way down to not getting a puppy for Christmas like those can both be traumatic and right. like it it really depends on how we choose to move forward from them we're making choices all the time right we we make choices every single day um sure. and and those all those choices have have impacts on other things. But I think I think it's very clear that you know, like we we went through shit, we grew from it. Um, I mean, like I'm not I'm not 18 anymore, obviously, but like who I was when I was 18, <laughs> to who I was from to when I was 20, to who I was when I was 22, who I was to when I was 25. Like, you could write an entire like seven different series because I was a different person every single year. Like we're we're not really settled into who we are until late twenties, in my opinion. I mean, maybe not even then. People mature at different rates. Like, sure. I I I grew up. I had to grow up fast because I was like I was on on my own at fifteen, and so like I had to mature quickly. But I I like to think that I had all of these excuses that I could fall back on to be a terrible fucking human being. And like I look at it and it's like, well, that's just no, that's just, that doesn't feel right. And like I understand that there's a lot of people out there that they look at stuff and it's like, well, I've been hard done by, the world has done this to me, and that's a really it's a really youthful way of looking at it, in my opinion. Like it's it's a younger mindset of like, well, these things are being inflicted on me, I have no choice. Well, okay, that's great. You have a choice of how you react to that, though. Like you're put into a situation, you don't have a choice of what situation you're put into. You you could be born in Canada, or you can be born in the Ukraine. Those are two different situations. You don't really have a choice over it, but that's the hand you're dealt, and you can only do so much with the hand that you're dealt, right? If you're born in the middle of a war zone, as opposed to being born in a in a first world country, like those are two huge different things. Those are things that inf that are inflicted on you, but how you choose to live your life, how you choose to make, make the path for yourself. That's what defines you. And that's one thing that, that the youthful thinking don't really get. They're just like, well, it's over. You know, I, I, I had this bad thing happen to me. I can't do anything now. Well, okay. You're, I mean, your, your house of sticks blew down. Okay. Well, what are you going to do? Are, are you going to stare at it? Are you going to build it back up? Are you going to use it for a fire? Like, what are you going to do? It's, yeah. it's something that really only comes with experience and it's, it's forged in a harder experience, which I think a, a lot of people that grew up without the advent of technology and things like that had to, had to like literally like go work on the farm, go, like go 
start working at a job at 13, 14. Like those people get it quicker than others sure. because they're forced to. Sure. Well, you don't, uh, yeah. I mean, hurt people hurt people. Yeah, it's true. So, yeah. uh, the other thing is, as you said, um, we learn from our mistakes. And the thing I can tell you is that forgiveness is key. Yes. Um, you know, when I work with others and I have mentors who say, you know, Quentin, look, that's not happening today. You have to let go of that resentment. You have to let go of that hurt, that pain. You can't control this person, place, or thing. Let me ask you something. Was there any good in that situation or relationship? Whether it be romantic, platonic, family, uh, professional, did, was there any joy? Did you have any fun? Were there any good times? I go, absolutely. Okay, well then how come you're demonizing and vilifying this person? You you mentally want to kill them. You you want to destroy them. You you feel that's the only way that you're you know, that's that's insanity. Can you hear me? I can hear you, yep. Can yeah, you hear me? I can't hear you, but uh, we'll figure that out. Um, <laughs> that's insanity. You know, um, it's 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 it, it's it's about taking the actions, you know, and moving forward and finding forgiveness in our hearts. And and it's not about uh, revisionism. It, it's not a. It's not about. You know, you know, look, there's three things. There's the victim. There's uh, the, there's someone who is uh, surviving. Uh, or thriving. Do you want to thrive? Do you want to survive? Or do you want to stay a victim? Do nothing. Make everyone responsible for your shitty life. And cry in your fucking milk. Exactly. And have a selling circle of shit. You know? And post it on the internet. Go, he, she, it did this to me. And it's not keyboard warriors, it's keyboard cowards. Come out and come out and talk. You know what I mean? You you have you taken a hit? I've taken a hit. I mean a hit. Mentally, emotionally, physically. Get out in life and do that. You know? I mean, this cancel culture is bullshit. And the people that want to uh, you know tear people down with guilty until proven innocent. In fact, they don't even want to prove them innocent. No, they don't. We have a law that says innocent until proven guilty. But based on my experience and what we've seen, you know, I've lost work. I've been demonized and vilified because why? Because I chose to remain silent, which is one of our rights. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, the, the hardest part was watching all of the slander and libel and gossip and uh, false narratives and manipulation, uh, just fucking despicable. Absolutely. Despicable. You know, and yet I bear these people no ill will. They're hurt. Hurt people hurt people. You know? You had a witch hunt. Your torches are out. Your game is over. And like you, I don't give a shit. You know, I'm driving forward. I'm not looking in my rearview mirror. I will when I'm 
coasting through traffic, but don't look in the rearview mirror and stare too long or you're going to smash the front of your car. So get on with life. Like you said, what can you contribute? What can we do together? How can we heal and move forward? Don't fucking fold your arms and go and it's you. No, you're wrong. I'm sorry that you think it's me or your teacher or your neighbor or this TV show or this newscaster. Fucking get a life. You know, and I say that in all sincerity, and I also say it with levity. I remember when William Shatner guested on Saturday Night Live and they did one of the first jokes about conventions and it was a Star Trek convention and he was behind the dais and he was listening to all these absurd questions. This goes back a number of years to the, the cast department perhaps and Chris Farley and David Spade and Shatner looked at them and everyone laughed at this joke at the time. He said, people, get a life. <laughs> and everybody howled. And of course, the people in the audience were not only gobsmacked, but in tears. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, look, it's not trick or treat every day. And you, you can buy a phaser. But you can only put a battery in it. It doesn't work. And I love Doctor Who, but we can't time travel. I'd love to. <laughs> absolutely like if i could go back and, and change all the bad decisions I, on, and i say this all the time 100 percent earnestly if i had the opportunity to go back and change all of my past mistakes i wouldn't do it right because Wouldn't i know all of those mistakes led me to where i am today and i am happy with That's who right. i am and where i am today absolutely yeah same here and we all have fear and anxiety well, I shouldn't say we all do, but a lot of people do, mm -hmm. you know, and I suffer from it too. And that's when I only allow myself so much time before I recognize it. And then I take a contrary action or make a phone call to someone, see how someone else is doing, do a good deed, um, you know, and move forward. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's, it's honestly just watching the entire situation. Um, I've, I've made mention of this before many different times in many different places, watching what you've gone through and, and juxtaposing it right next to what Vic is going through. Y'all are both going through something very similar. And the fact that when Vic came out and he said his piece and he took, and he took out his law, he, he took out his lawsuit. He went after people that were attacking him. The number one thing that everybody that was opposing him said that all he had to do all he had to do was just sit down, keep his head down, shut up, take his licks, and he'd be back in the industry before he knew it. And you have done that. You have taken that road that was recommended by the same people that are out there bashing skulls in and taking scalps. And they're, they're mad at you <laughs> for, for what? Literally, for what? Because like you did everything in your power to keep this out of the public eye. You've done everything in your power to be respectful, 
like publicly. You've done everything in your power to to not encourage people, to actively discourage people from talking about things. Which the purpose of that is to move on, to leave it in the in the past, to just say, okay, it's done. But you have the same people that just told Vic and others all you needed to do was just shut up and it'll go away. Digging it back up constantly. They have those same people firing shots constantly because they can't let it go. They can't let it go. And I, I largely think this, this has a lot to do because over the past 15, 20 years, the, the term gaslighting gets thrown a, around a lot, ironically, because these individuals have gaslighted themselves into believing that this is, this is the reality. And like, yeah. it's, it, it's such a far stretch. Like just today I found out that my, my Twitter, my Spotify, my YouTube were all being reported to police departments in uh, Germany and Finland and some other countries because of targeted harassment because I put, um, I, because I edited an anime picture targeted harassment mm. and then the person that that reported such things said it was ridiculous that I would talk about that on Twitter like why would you admit to, to the, being reported to the police on Twitter because it's a ridiculous situation why would you report to the police that someone randomly on the internet took a photo and put a clown nose on it. <laughs> <laughs> this is I mean comedy parody. What the fuck? This you know? this is how far we are we have gone. There well, there is no common sense anymore. Like, is there a copyright on the clown face? Is this a a, a company? <laughs> is it a brand? No. It was a That's person. Insane. It was a person that was mad because I was I was jabbing, I was p poking fun in their direction. Okay. And they, they called that targeted harassment that they were, they told, they told Spotify. I, I mean, hats off salute to the Spotify rep that has to work Memorial day weekend and take this lunatic. They complained to Spotify customer service that they were terrified that this podcast was going to go live. <laughs> I don't know how we get there. I, I don't know how we get there. I, and I don't know how we, how we get back from it. I think part of it is the, the bulk of the world needs to wake up and be like, uh, that's stupid. Right. Because right now we have companies that are giving into it. We have, oh. we have organizations that are giving it. We saw Gina Carano get completely yeeted off of her projects for nothing. Yeah. For literally nothing. Because yeah. it wasn't even, it, people can say it was stuff that she said. When it's really, it wasn't stuff that she said that that got her yeeted. It was stuff that other people had a problem with. And it was people that kicked up a bunch of dirt and dust. And we saw it with you getting removed yeah. from, uh, from your roles. 
We saw it with Vic. Two, two roles. Two roles, which is ludicrous. Absolutely. Ludicrous. One company I worked with for 15 years, the other one probably over a 10-year span. The work was done on No More Heroes in 2019. They told me to promote it in 2020, not to be released now till August of 2021. And suddenly in the last, what, couple of months, they decided to replace me. It's no one decided to ask me what's going on. Let's have a conversation. There's two sides to every story. Instead, they bought this false narrative by a mentally ill person who gaslit not only me, but the, the crew of people that you contacted who decided to climb on board that, that ghost ship. You know, I, I have so many people who contacted me, folks that I followed, folks who followed me, friends, peers, fans, family members who said, this person was really trying to do a number and create some bizarre story and false narrative. Yeah, it's called gaslighting, you know, and it was devious. And who has 24 hours of time, seven days a week, for four to five months to try to destroy a person's life. I even had one friend who drank the Kool-Aid, bought it, and tried to um, destroy me in the process. Uh, you know, it turns out that all of that work that was done and created against me, it didn't happen overnight. It happened over a couple of years. Yep. This was a person with a vendetta. A slow burn. A vengeance. A hate goal. And Twitter did nothing about it. Yeah. They were reported thousands of times because so many of these messages went against community standards. They did nothing. Yeah. Um, and it was disgusting. But everyone bought the false. I can't say everyone. A small group of people bought the false narrative. Those on board and other people on the Internet who don't have a life. Exactly. Who said, that's got to be true. Oh, he's a disgusting pervert. What? Do you know me? Because that's not me. Yeah. You know, it, and it comes down to someone saying, poor me, fuck you, where's mine? And it's never enough. It's never enough. I can't give you enough. I, you know, nobody can give you enough. No one's going to give you what you want. What do you want? You want an apology? No, you don't. You want love. What else would you like? Would you like money? Is that going to help? No. What you want is 15 minutes of fame or doing absolutely nothing except trying to destroy another person's character, family, and career. It was devastating 100%. to have to live with that. And it's hard trying to crawl from the wreckage because of it. And the lies and the deceit and the cowardice of these people, they've achieved heights I'd never imagined. And it's going on all the time. And it's gross. And it's not helpful. It's not helping them in their lives. It does nothing. They're not getting anywhere with it. I hope they get help. I hope they get happy. I hope they... Find what they want, you know, find the career that they want, find the life that they want, find the help that they need, find the, 
the person they're in love with, you know? Like I did, I found my best friend in love and married. Why? Because it was right. When your heart says it's right, you better listen to what it's saying, you know? I'm a seeker and I've been a seeker for years. I've had my heart broken many times. I've been blown off more times than I can count, you know, but it's just like a job interview as I was talking about with acting. It's about selection and not rejection. But when I was a victim, I used to say, I've been rejected again. They didn't pick me. Who did they pick? Screw him, screw her until I realized, no, it's about selection, not rejection. And if another person gets selected, it's because they're right. It's not because I'm wrong. So move on, put the focus on something else and find a way to be grateful for that person and for yourself that it didn't happen because chances are, you know, one door closes, another one opens up. Absolutely. And that's how we grow. We grow or we go. 100%. And it's just like you're saying, you know, we can be so wrapped up because we didn't get that one thing or we didn't get that one position or we didn't get that one job, but it just wasn't the right time for it. There's, there's right. times for things because there, there could be like, oh, you get passed over at work for a promotion, but you also like two months later might might have a better opportunity in a different city that if you took that promotion, you wouldn't have been able to take it. Like yeah. there's, there's ways to go through it and there's ways to look at it. That can be a, you know, hard luck, poor me, or you can take the failure. You can take the, the rejection. You can take the, the not getting what you want and take that disappointment and turn that into something. If everybody ever stopped at the first time they got rejected. I mean, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have like, uh, we, we wouldn't have, a what's his name? Dwayne, the rock Johnson. We wouldn't have right. a, a Kobe Bryant rest his soul. Right. We wouldn't have superstars. We wouldn't have movie stars. We wouldn't have politicians. So, and then sometimes it would be nice if we didn't have politicians. Oh, I, I wish but... we did. <laughs> You know, <laughs> oftentimes people say rejection is God's protection. You know, whatever your concept of a higher power is. Um, and also people come into our lives for a reason, a season or a lifetime. Absolutely. You know, are there people I wish were still in my life? Absolutely. Um, are there people that sometimes pop into my brain that I love, live, let live rent free? who upset me. Yeah. And then I recognize it and go, okay, it's time to let that go. And if that means talking about it with uh, a closed mouth friend or journaling about it or praying it away or getting out into nature, taking a walk, doing something nice for someone or getting creative, then that's what it takes. It takes action. Absolutely. You know? My action for me, not against you, you know, and it's taking that leap of faith, you know, and if you feel the fear, do it anyway. You know, after seeing your show and connecting with you and finding out what a, a brilliant person you are with such a good heart, 
you know, so much knowledge of the law, you know, and on the same page with me as far as psychology, I don't have a degree. I'd love to hang a shingle. I've been told that many times. <laughs> I studied it for 25 years. Um, I found a kindred spirit in Canada. Absolutely. You know, Toronto. <laughs> and I love Canada and I love Canadians, you know, and I know I'm older than you, but growing up in Cleveland, Ohio, where the rock and roll capital, our, our radio stations played loads of Canadian music. And as you know, I don't know if it's still going on, but you, there had to be Canadian content. That was a law. Yeah. And I got to see so many groups from the late seventies through the 80s, the 90s into the 2000s from Canada, everyone from Rush and Triumph uh, to The Odds, um, Kim Mitchell, uh, Guess Who, um, Platinum Blonde, Brian Adams. I mean, I was a Brian Adams rock and roll fan on his first two albums. The only thing people seem to know him from is, I think, the ballad he wrote for Robin Hood. <laughs> But all of that to say, too, some of my favorite comics came from Canada. SCTV. Absolutely. You know, Kids in the Hall. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, Cleveland and Toronto aren't that far apart. And we've got the Great Lakes around in between us. And there's something about growing up in the four seasons, especially the winter. Yes. You know, we've got that edge, that sarcasm, that that willingness, you know that honest, open-minded willingness to take action and to take the piss out of one another, which is a British expression, but I know <laughs> you know it. And when I moved to Los Angeles, man, they didn't get the edge. They didn't get the dry humor. No. And then when I ran into a, a Canadian friend or a guy from Cleveland or possibly Chicago, we all got along. We all got it. You know, we weren't too sensitive. We were, you know, we found that the way to show our affection for one another was oftentimes giving out, yeah. you know, giving each other shit. And after spending so much time in California, when I came back to visit here in Los Angeles or back in Cleveland and I started another band, one of the guys started hammering me with comments and I was so sensitive. And he said, what is wrong with you? I said, no, what's wrong with you? You're mean. And he said, <laughs> and you're soft. Lighten up. I love you. You've lost your Cleveland edge. And oh, much music. I'm sorry. I'm just going off on a Canadian tangent right now. <laughs> Go right ahead. Matthew Good Band. Yes. Hello, Time Bomb. And if you don't know that song, look it up. Listen. But I used to watch much music when I'd come back here for the holidays. Um, so, yeah. Oh, Canada. Yeah, baby. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate all of that. I, and I 100% agree. I mean, it's, yeah, I, I, I wanted to, I wanted to touch on one thing that I did notice that seems to be like a, a key line between a lot of these different things. Now, I, I don't, I don't know for a lot of these voice actors that are getting thrown under the bus here, um, what their religious right. lines are, but you, you yourself are a man of faith. Um, Vic Mignon is yep. a man of faith. Now I'm 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 a dirty pagan. I'm a nature worshiping pagan. So hey, nothing wrong with that, man. Nothing wrong the with Celts that. Celts were pagans, weren't they? Absolutely. And I'm I, my my family is from Ireland, so like I, I wish I could trace it back. 
unfortunately my uh my grandfather um came over from uh from Ireland he was one of the orphans that was over in Newfoundland so we don't know the family lines but a majority right. of my my family is from Ireland so like it kind of goes back to my roots but well that's part of, and that's part of our culture telling stories <laughs> singing songs great dry humor absolutely and a survival instinct survive and thrive absolutely and we just we we make it work like yep. we make it work but i'm i'm seeing that people are attacking and and going after uh faith-based voice actors and it's such a weird thing because like you see like in yourself i can see like the jubilance i can see the life i can see the the enjoyment of everything that you're that you're taking in and like i i respect religion although i might not walk the same path i can respect right. the the lessons that are handed down you know like the all uh, all of these all of these different things like when i when i talked to when i talked to vic when he came here um uh, for comic-con when we had him had a, a very unique opportunity to have a, a just a heart-to-heart with him about all right. of this stuff and i always told him and like, like i'll tell you and like i'll tell anybody is that you know from whatever wh- everything that i've heard your god always tells you like, it, like your, your teachings already always tell you that god will never give you more than you can handle now it may he may test you, he may push you, he yep. may you may feel like you're gonna break, but you're never gonna have more than you can handle. Yeah. And I really do think that there's a lot of people out there that are trying to test that. And I've known well, and they are. I've known people, I've known really, really good people that have lost that fight. There is one individual um, that was working on, a, on a, our convention with us for a number of years. Very good friend. Very good person. And he he would give the shirt off his back in the middle of winter to anybody who asked for it. Nicest person on the face of the planet. And he ended up losing his fight after he just couldn't take it anymore. He saw the ugliness for, for one too many times and he just he got he was too tired to continue yeah he would go out with he, he didn't he didn't care like what what group you came from if you were rich if you were poor if you were homeless if you were what have you he'd go out and hang out with you he'd go out for tacos he'd, he'd pay for your dinner what have you and the one day that he went out he got uh he got brutally attacked by what he thought was his friends. Got punched in the mouth, had his front row of teeth broken because they were using uh they were using brass knuckles. Broke his front mm-hmm. row of teeth because they thought that he that they thought he took their money. They thought th- that this person who would literally go into debt to buy someone lunch put himself out like not not go and eat for days <laughs> to to make sure other people could he thought like they thought he took their money and didn't talk to him didn't ask him just went out and punched him across the face broke his front row of teeth he got home he was 
He had uh, he had painkillers. Couldn't find his wallet, and that was that was the breaking point. He uh, he decided that was enough. He was tired. He made a made a video apologizing, and that was enough. And the sad part was, is he fa- like, they found his wallet under his couch. Mm. So, I always. I always talk about this because it's it's one of those things. It's like these individuals online and people like them very much the same. Yeah. They they don't have any regard. They it's it's selfishness. It's it's over nothing. Grand scheme of things, over nothing. Yeah. Like put them in the situation like you said earlier, your friend is is in the hospital right now. Like this shit doesn't matter compared to that. Yeah. Like this is this is like should be a reminder for people like anytime you hear about stuff. We are here for a very short period of time and the fact that we come across each other across the globe is a freaking miracle. It's a gift. It's a gift. And we we are here for a snapshot of time. And there's so many people out there that choose to squander it. And it's it's really a sad thing. I do feel sorry for them. Yeah, me too. But I'm I'm very happy that I can at least connect with people such as yourself. Because um I I saw so much um in in the way that we were interacting and in the, in the way that we were talking. I saw so much of the the fear and the is almost I wouldn't say that you believed what they had said, but it started to get to you. Yeah. And honestly, just the the fact that all of the stuff that you've done, all of the good that you have done can be undone in an instant. I mean, shame on the companies that decided to to walk away from you. Shame on them. Shame on the people that know the truth and are consciously choosing to lie about it. Shame on them. Like th- these are things that are going to follow you. And I know and I was like for for some people that's going to follow you till to the day that you die. It's going to follow you to judgment day. It's going for some people that's going to follow you until the next life. That stuff stains your soul. And I, for one, am happy. I'm grateful, first of all, that I had a chance to talk with you. That is absolutely amazing. And uh, the fact that uh, we've actually been able to have some sort of level ground here to kind of chat on and, you know, just kind of get points across. And I'm grateful for that opportunity. And I know people in the chat right now, 100% behind you. There's like so many people, so many people out there that are rooting for you and others like you. And there, there's so many people that will see this situation that you've been in that are in that situation currently or that will be in that situation. And they'll at least know that there's an other side to this. They'll know that you know they don't have to be tired 
there's a way there's a way out of it thank you i'm grateful to be here with you and i'm grateful for whatever comments the folks have have put up yeah that you're seeing and any lots support. of positivity for you I, yeah identification and love um and uh, you know hopefully vindication um <laughs> it's you know because i went through those same thoughts that your friend had who acted on them um despair you know a lack of control um going to others for help who couldn't help um, but taking the suggestions of those in the legal profession who said you know as we discussed uh, do nothing say nothing lay low it'll pass and only when it didn't pass you know did we take action because we had to it reminded me of growing up you know where i let others uh, hurt me and i was a doormat and finally between myself and my wife and a couple of other dear friends who are on my team and in my corner who know who they are we said no more you know we went through the legal system it was suggested i do that by my oppressor who boasted that they would have an incredible team and uh i quote unquote lawyered up we went to court and the judge found in favor of us absolutely because he was of sound mind and saw the truth and the truth needs no defense i 100 percent agree i've i've said that a hundred times i was able to talk basically talk a friend down from the edge because he was very much in the same situation too people would just they just keep talking they just don't stop there's no recourse like well what 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 do you do it's like well when when you when you take the truth it doesn't need anything it doesn't need any dressing doesn't need any salt doesn't need any pepper it's the truth yeah and if you boil the truth down so it can fit in your pot then it ain't the truth anymore yeah and that's that's what a lot of these individuals are doing unfortunately but I, I commend you for standing up for yourself, 100%. Commend you for standing up for yourself because that not only not only served you, like I know you said that your actions don't uh, aren't for anybody else, but I, 100%, that will help others. That, that will no, help. no, I, I was just saying um, I'm not responsible for anybody's happiness or misery. Yeah, absolutely. But you're right. I will say that uh, we serve as an example. Yeah. I serve as an example to others who hopefully, if they are in any kind of a predicament and have listened to anything I've said or you've said today, will know that there's hope. Absolutely. And that they're not alone. You know, we're not alone. 100%.
That is fantastic. Well, I don't want this to be an entirely downer of a stream interview. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think now is a good time to to flip over to anything like that you wanted to to talk about, like any projects that you're working on, anything that you're excited to work on right now. Well, as I mentioned before, um, well, there 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 is an animated film I worked on, but I can't talk about the title that will be coming out. I'm very excited about that. Um, and the music that's near and dear to my heart. Um, I don't have an LP, but I have two singles, you know, maybe one song shy of an EP that we're going to be releasing. And that, and that makes me very happy. Um, and uh, my producer, very happy. And those who are close to me, very happy. I was encouraged by a, a friend uh, who's also a fan who said, you know, I got to know you through your music back in the MySpace days. I'd forgotten about MySpace, and I said, oh, really? Yeah, I love it. You do? Because many of us think so less of ourselves or so little of ourselves. I mean, I'm harder on myself than anybody else. And I thought, I don't know what you heard, but okay, maybe I'll give it a release. You know, maybe I'll just, instead of, uh, what is it they say, perfectionism is the enemy of good enough. Yes. <laughs> and it's more than good enough. Go, just get it out there and see how it touches others. And that will be inspiring to do more. You know, there's a friend of mine, Robbie Rist, who always says, create art. Put it out there. Do art. Create art. And that's for anyone. So that's what I'm excited about. Um, I'm also, you know, looking into doing audiobooks. Mm. Uh, I'm kind of interested in that. I think that would be fascinating. And that's because um, I really loved um, Orson Welles. In yes. the old radio theater, you know, when he played The Shadow and, well, obviously he, he did many other shows with a repertory company, uh, pre-TV, and that's what video games are like to a degree. And some audiobooks, it's, it's, it's theater of the mind. Absolutely. You know, and also um, because when I do do conventions, which I just did a very successful one in Minneapolis a few weeks ago. Uh, I had three panels in three days, each 50 minutes. Oh, wow. And what I always do, my goal is it's, it's a three-pronged approach to inspire, educate, and entertain. And uh, I kind of take my cue from the late Don Rickles and Robin Williams. Um, and uh, free association like Robin Williams and um, you know, a little bit of insult humor from Rickles with love from the heart. And we're looking to perhaps uh, look over some of it that we've videotaped and uh, start writing out and compiling uh, information for a one man show at some point. Uh, also a dear friend of mine who sadly is suffering uh, cancer in Los Angeles, brilliant writer, Brad Schreiber, mm. another brother from another mother. Um, he and I uh, started working on a one-man show uh, as Paul McCartney, you know, that's who I started <laughs> out with because I love the Beatles so much. Um, we'd like to do that, produce that, get that up and, you know, put it on tour with or without me. So there's a lot I have in mind. Um, being a voice actor, you know, an actor in general, 
uh, I audition for roles, I read for roles, but I never know what's coming up. And so at a certain point I thought, well, you know, it's time to get creative. It's time to have a voice. It's time to, to get out there. And I saw this as an opportunity, this discussion with you to do that. This is for both of us an opportunity to grow and glow and uh, have a voice that people will recognize, have a point of view, uh, share our, our personalities, just share our gifts. And, and who knows where it's going to lead us. So absolutely, you know, that's, that's kind of all I got to say right now. Um, yeah, there might be others out there close to me who know about some things I should be doing or talked about doing that I don't recall. But the next thing I'd like to do is go to the bathroom. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> I've seen you it. take a break on here before for that. <laughs> go for it. Yeah, I'll 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 entertain the chat here. I'll I'll read some uh, I'll read some of the chats that we got going in here, and I'll give you a. All right, I'm gonna mute minutes. my mic and my camera so that I can do that, and then try to uh, anchor this thing again. <laughs> sure thing. <laughs> How's that? See you in a few. All right. Thanks, Perfect. Chris. Right on. Well, chat. It's you and me. So I I, I again like we've talked about a lot of stuff. We've talked about a lot of things. I'm just, I, I, I can't say this enough for people that have watched the show before. Like you get, you guys know where I stand on this stuff, right? You guys know where I stand on this stuff. Literally out here telling people that why, why are we tearing people down? Why are we out here tearing people down when we can be creating so much? Like, I love hearing the stuff that Quentin has to say here because this is, it's really showing that he's pivoting from losing the, like, from, from this loss, he's pivoting it into action. He's, he's pivoting it into positive action, which I think something that people that are going through this, these situations really need to, to remember. There is another side. There is an other side. There is a light at the end of the tunnel towards this. I'm just going to, Get a quick drink here. Goodness. Thank you so much, Shadows King. Take care. Thank you guys in the chat so much as well. If you all want to, if you want to super chat a question, go ahead, uh, go ahead and super chat a question. I do have a question from Gav for when Quentin comes back. I will, uh, I will do my best to go through the, the questions. If y'all have any, or if you just have questions in the chat, I'll eventually get to them as well. The people are chasing clout and power. Absolutely. <laughs> He's on contract. <laughs> Haven't thought of MySpace for years. Oh man, MySpace was so different back in the day. My top eight was on fire. It was so good. It has been so good. But uh, message them on Twitter. Twitter. Call their support number, send emails, let Quentin, let them know Quentin is innocent. Um, I, I 100% agree if you want. So this is one thing I will say people as someone who has been in the seat of people like uh, of someone who is directing conventions, inviting people who has power over that, get the word out to these individuals. Only talk about the positivity. Tell them how you want to see them at the show. Don't bring up the fact that, oh, they're, they're innocent. They, you know, blah, 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 blah. 
Don't necessarily do that because most of these conventions might not even know. Just talk about how really cool it would be to bring this person in. Um, talk about how you want to hear them in this role, how, how they're very talented, blah, blah, blah. Do that. If the question comes up about, well, what about X, Y, Z? Go ahead and defend them. But don't just willingly bring it up. Tom was still in your top eight in my space. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. But yeah, you guys, you guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. Yeah. Bring up the positive aspects, bring up the positive aspects of things. Talk about the experiences you've had with them. Like I'm literally going to be playing mass effect three. Now, now that I know that Quentin is, was, uh, was voicing Cole yet. Um, that's going to be like, I'm guaranteed 100% to fucking cry on it now. 100%. Like, I tear up when I just think about the damn thing. <laughs> never mind. Uh, never mind, like, actually watching that cutscene. But, like, honestly, go out there and tell people that you want to see this person, that you want to see that person. If you don't say it, they don't know. Right? They don't. They don't know. And... It's really, really important from a business perspective to to kind of budget <laughs> shovel some creeper crunch <laughs> for that remark. Oh my god, Tom P. Goodness. Goodness. Y'all are y'all are crazy today. Companies who give this uh give into this, whether it's a convention or an entertainment company, are complicit in bullying. This is something I have said directly to Vic. And I'll say it, I'll say it to whoever needs to hear it a hundred percent of the time. Any company that you've worked for that will take someone who is a literal nobody, non-quantity over someone who has worked there for more than a day or past their probationary period, they take their word over yours. It's not a company worth working for. I told Vic straight up, to his face, that Funimation doesn't deserve someone of his talent. I don't think that Blizzard deserves Quentin Flynn's talent. Straight up. Because if you're willing to throw away what the fans want, what the fans enjoy, what is beloved, then you don't deserve to have it because you don't understand what you have. And I think that in, in certain instances, I think these companies hold back actors from bigger things. I think that, you know, complacency sets in. It's easier to, it's easier to stay at the same job for 20 years, right? Then go out and start your own projects and whatever else. But I think there are certain machinations because I believe nature has a way you're Christian. You might think that it's God's path for you, but these things have a way of working out. So like Quentin said, when one door closes, another one opens. Well, yeah, the doors are, the doors are shut off for being a voice actor at Funimation, for example. That's not the end of the world. That's actually a bonus, in my opinion, because you're out of a cesspool. You've removed the tumor from yourself 
now you can begin to heal and you can begin to grow back stronger than you were before. I'll t- I'll take a I'll take a page out of I'll t- I'll put my comic book hat on for a moment. I'll check my Twitter in just a moment there. I'll put my comic book hat on for a moment here. How Wolverine got stronger from having Magneto rip out the adamantium from his system because the adamantium was poisoning him and was count- and was counteracting his healing process enough so that it was it was hampering him but removing the adamantium from his system made him stronger because it, while it you know stopped his bones from breaking and things like that sure it also was a detriment to his health i think this is very much a similar situation you go through a situation that pretty much cripples you However, you're going to bounce back. Like the, what is it, the Zentai in, in Dragon Ball that Saiyans have, the Zentai thing where, you, where it doesn't kill you, it makes you ridiculously time stronger. All right, I have a couple messages. Oh, that's funny. Uh, pin this in the live chat. Well, I will do, I will, I will post it in the live chat. Um, oh my God, that's a massive fucking URL. One second. Holy crap. Pop-up city. I will post this in the live chat. Um, cause the pin is actually where people can like stuff. Um, is it this one? I think it's this one. I know I'm not on screen at the moment. Sorry. Because I'm looking at... Okay, there we go. There we go. I'll post it in the live chat here. Go away. Now you're there. Now go away. All right. So y'all can go to that link there. That's a, that's a petition to bring Quentin Flynn back into roles. Go ahead and uh, sign that if you want to. If you don't want to, then don't worry about it. Uh, the only question you have left is what perspective or theory does uh, Quentin Flynn have on the... Yes. I'll ask him when he comes back. I'll try to remember that question. But yeah, if, if people want to uh, want to super chat, I think it's set to $2. It's supposed to be set to $1. Where, where Bella will read your super chat for you, or whatever you submit. Um, but yeah, you can click the link on the very top there. It's pinned. That's my my pseudo super chat button because I'm not uh, quite there yet. <laughs> we're we're pretty close, I think. Though, if you if you've not already um, subscribed to the channel, please do. I'm very close to 1,000. I have over 10,000 watch hours. And I'm very close to a thousand subscribers, so I'd appreciate all the support, all the uh, all the support there. I appreciate you all being here right now. It's been fantastic, it's been really really cool. Um, do other voice actors uh, have do animal characters in anime replace Frank Walter and Walker D Baker, Baker and Jim Cummings? I have no idea. I have no idea. 
I do know that uh, often <laughs> there's there's often times that voice actors do so many so many roles that they actively forget that they did roles. Like uh, Vic forgetting that he actually did voiced Bubsy, the Bobcat. That was pretty funny. Time for you to have a dinner. Have a good one, Tom P. I I don't think I don't think Quentin is in Funimation. James Andrew Morrison. Hello, Toyman Nine Nine X. How you doing, Stan? Good to see you. Yeah. Quentin is just in the bathroom. He should be back shortly. And I'm going to try to remember to ask that question. That was one thing I did actually want to dig into. Now that COVID's dying down, you're going back to starting your own entertainment management business. Hope you can help people like Vic. These companies don't deserve them. I completely agree. 100% agree with you there. Companies that shit on talent like that actively shit on people that do nothing like 99.9% of the time do positive things for the communities, for the businesses, for the fans, for the vendors, for any eyeballs that are on that thing. And it just that, that 0.001% of time that they made one bad decision. They, they chose chocolate chips over, uh, over mint ice cream. Good grief. Come on. Seriously. Come on, man. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure. There's a there's a few different uh, there's a few different places. I personally, I personally think that we should gather all these people up and make a, make our own freaking uh, dubbing studio, make our own make our own entertainment group, and start making making conventions. Like, ideally, I would love to have an entertainment group that had conventions all across like worldwide ran by groups of people that know what they're fucking doing that don't give in to bullshit from these hate groups that from these hate mobs go out there put it under one umbrella and then have the have the guests tour much like a uh uh much like a a band would right you'd have tour dates Tommy Tallarico has video games live. Why can't we make a convention like that? Just have that convention move around from place to place, country to country, state to state, province to province. Why can't we do that? There's nothing said that we can't. Nothing stopping us from doing it. I think we should. I think it's time we take back the power from these corporations that aren't listening to you. I think it's time that we take back the power from these companies that aren't listening to us. We was talk about vote with your wallet. Well, what does that mean? Take action. You do that with me? That'd be fantastic, Samantha. That's a fucking gold mine. Because I can tell you right now, the conventions as we know them are not coming back. Right? The San Diego Comic-Cons, things like that, they're going to be fundamentally different. We already see that uh, E3 will not have Konami. Konami has stated they're not going to E3. Everything is going virtual for these companies now because the big expos, the big... The big draw, the the whole thing where they, they they would bring in Sony and Konami and Nintendo, all that stuff... They've all gone in-house now. 
There's no incentive for them to go outside of it. So that's going to have to evolve and change. I think the next thing that we could do is create that convention circuit, the convention tour. I mean, like, for for example, like if, if Anime Matsuri, right, because there's, there's an Anime Matsuri almost everywhere, but it's not the same Anime Matsuri. But just take, take for example, you, you take one convention brand, and then that convention becomes a circuit, much like the WWE, much like Video Games Live. Why can't that happen? Have that touring around. Have that go from city to city. It's in Florida, then it goes to Texas, goes over to Los Angeles, comes up to BC, down to Seattle, through Cleveland, goes up to Manitoba, Toronto, Montreal. Guaranteed dates. Have, uh, Have the talent show up for two or three of them. Have a large pool of talent. Maybe they show up for all of them. Who knows? Depends on how much time they have. But I think that would probably light, light the entire industry on fire. Because right now you have companies like Funimation who are basically acting like an, a talent agency. Basically acting like a talent agency. Gatekeeping actual people, like actual fans from, from who they're fans with. I think that's something that's welcome back, Quentin. It's great to be back. <laughs> I feel like a new, uh, new human being. Like a million bucks. A, a million, one. A, a million bucks. One million dollars. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have taken all the gaffers tape I can <laughs> to lock this thing down from all my years in. Uh, not only video production, but sound production for live rock and roll bands. Uh, I started out doing that, you know, four years of high school. I did 13 plays and one play I did production. And I, I had a high school rock band. We played the clubs in Akron and Cleveland and uh, then went on the road and hit L.A., did the same thing. So, you know, it's been not only an artist's life for me, but... Uh, it's been a rock and roll life. It's been a theater life. It's been a touring life. It's been stand-up life. And it's, you know, it's a circus, man. Yeah, you've done so it's much. It's crazy and it's great. I mean, I've met some wonderful people I never would have met. Like you were talking about the folks at Funimation. I've never worked for Funimation. They're in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. Um, so I've done improv with like, um, I'm trying to think. Who is it? Is I think Mike McFarland. I did improv with him. Oh, which was really cool at a convention some years ago. I haven't seen him in a while. And then one of my dear friends, Chris Kaysen, uh, who's just the sweetest guy and the funniest, most rapier wit. He moved out to Los Angeles a good six plus years ago. Hey, Chris, if you're watching, love you. Mean it. <laughs> um, and I do. And uh, so I met some really cool people on the road. Um but I just want to remind everybody that entertainment is it's show business. It's not show friends. And I found that out oh, when yes. I came under the gun and so many people disappeared. Uh, well, I know there was, there was someone in the chat that wanted to ask Yeah, that, uh, that wanted to ask that 
what because they they wanted to know your opinion about all of these people in the industry like the your friends like who you thought were your friends and colleagues um just either not saying anything about this or turning on you well i you know there's really there's one dear friend of mine i spoke to recently and i just i won't reveal his name because i haven't cleared it with him and and he said he was contacted by uh, BQF back when it was an active site uh, of hate. And he said to, to me, he goes, yeah, I knew it was bullshit. I knew it was a, you know, a scorned ex, some kind of revenge porn thing. He said, I, I was not about to climb on board. And he said, and I wasn't going to make a comment because I didn't want to add fuel to the fire. Um, with that, he suggested that I sit down and compose a letter uh, to companies like, uh, well, you know, those who produced, uh, well, Blizzard, who produced the games in which I played um, Prince Kalefoss, as well as the folks who've done the No More Heroes, and let them know the outcome of the legal uh, event, the court case, yeah. um, and remind them in a gentle way of how popular I am with the fan base. And this was recently he, he wrote me about this and I said, all right, yeah, we'll do that. You know, I just, I haven't had the, the, the intestinal fortitude to do anything like that. Yeah. I'm still trying to rise from the ashes like a Phoenix. Um, <laughs> but with the help of good friends that none of you would know, um, in entertainment, outside of entertainment, my wife, Sam, uh, big, Dear friends, Margo and Manny, shout out to you both. Um, you know, we are looking at uh, uh, putting together a team, a collective to to make these kind of uh, dreams come true and um, move into a new chapter. Um, I think it's much. I did new. have friends of mine, um, a few friends from Los Angeles um, who are in the business one who's an actor and musician, voice actor, musician, and on camera. And another who's a musician and producer, a um, couple others who alerted to me what was going on when I already knew what was going on, but they offered their love and support and they said, this is insane. Aside from that, after, like I said, 28 to 30 years in the business, I didn't hear from a single soul. My guess is, you know, I don't have a crystal ball and I'm not a psychic. But based on human nature, I would guess one of a, a few things. Uh, they didn't want to get involved because they didn't want it to affect them. Um, they wouldn't know what to say or how to address it. Um, so like I said, fear. Yeah. Uh, that's it. I don't think it was anything personal. My paranoid brain would say it was personal. <laughs> um, it's one friend I've spoken to a few times via via text, who I love and loves me, who was uh, had a, a wonderful, rich career. She's incredible uh, talent, who's been uh, nothing but the same. Good friend uh, through this, and uh, and then. You know, it's afforded me the opportunity to meet and grow and know some other people. Um, 
but no, I didn't hear a lot. Uh, not much from anybody. It was, it was very quiet, very lonely. And uh, <laughs> I wouldn't wish it upon anybody. No, that's definitely... It, it, and that's one of the things, too. It's like you're left alone with nothing. You, you don't have... I mean, you have very to little support, if at all. And yeah. then you're left alone to basically read this endless onslaught of negativity and hate and vitriol. Like it's, I I understand that as I've, I've been there even before, like way before I'll give, I'll share, I'll share a story, a couple stories here. Um, way before I had anything to do with conventions, there was uh, a LARP that I was a part of live action role play that I was a part of. And, uh, I was, I, I was always a shy kid. Right. And like go, going to LARP basically brought out the, the actor in me and, and brought out like all that stuff. I really got into it. And I guess I was good at, at LARPing. I was good. I was good at role playing. And so when I got to, uh, one of the larger LARPs in the area, yeah. um, that had been established and there's been people that have been established playing it for several, several years, very long time. Um, they have this like little hierarchy going on of LARPers. You know, like, oh, you're new. You're not allowed to be in a, in any stories. You just have to be in the background. Like, you you can't you can't be involved in anything because we've been here. We put our time in. And I guess uh, because I, I was good at role playing, that got me into situations that you know never probably should have been in, considering I wasn't there long enough, long enough. And that really rustled some jimmies with a few people. And uh, there was an accusation that was made, unfounded, um, that was later proven to be a false accusation. And I had people target me because of because of how much attention I was getting from the plot team, um, and and from the uh, specific character types that I was I was playing because they wanted to be the only part they they wanted to be the only one of that particular race or what have you. So I literally had people who I had thought were friends for years, turn their back on me. And, and they say like, well, we can't, we can't say anything cause it's going to jeopardize our position and it's going to jeopardize this. You know, this is the only thing that I do on the weekend, blah, blah, blah. And then I literally had other people say, I don't even care if, if the accusations are, I don't care. The fa- accusations are false. I want you to burn. Like I've seen the worst of what that has to offer. Then even being in the situation when I was the media coordinator for Kitchener Comic-Con, when we invited Vic to the show, just the constant diatribe coming from people and the negativity and the attacks and the vicious, viciousness. And like, we had very little support. We're out here blind. We're like literally, we're in city hall as like, that's our venue at the time. And we have the city hall officials like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, blah, blah, blah. It's like, they're not having our back. I mean, they, they didn't cancel the event. They didn't pull the, the contract, which was nice. But they didn't vocally have our back. It was all us standing up on our own. And it's just like you're walking in blind. But I pulled out the, uh, the iconic Captain America quote um, about standing next to, standing next to your, planting yourself next to the tree uh, planting yourself like a tree next to the river of truth and things like that. Cause it's like when the entire world tells you to move, you have to stand there and say, no, you move. And we did that. And we did a very extraordinary event. I'm so proud of that team. 
Everyone did an amazing job. There's only like 12 people. We put on a show that literally knocked out uh, knocked out events that have been in this region for 50 years. We won two awards. Wow. We we beat out Oktoberfest, which has been here for 50 years for awards. <laughs> so when people tell me, and people to this day still say, oh, it was a shit show, it was this, it was that, it's like, yeah, I can't hear you, I'm polishing, I'm polishing these awards that we won. Yeah. But it, it, being in that spot, it's like I, I remember being there. I remember being in like the dark place, being like having no support and having to say, no, I'm, I can't give up on this. And then just in climbing back from it and being like, you know, like I get reminded all the time. It's like you're only seeing a tiny slice of a tiny slice. Like you're not seeing the, the overwhelming support at the time. You're seeing all the negative because that's what's in your face at that point in time. Mm. But you got to remind yourself, and I tell people, got to remind yourself that there's a lot of good out there. There's a lot of good out there, and there's a lot of people that don't know the good that you can do. And yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think that uh, a lot of it is fear. I think there's oh, a yeah. lot of people that uh, that are fearful of losing their spot because they've worked so hard. They don't have faith in themselves. Yeah. And they think that this is all they are. It's like I, I told I told Vic straight up. I, I think I think losing his spot at Funimation was the best thing for him because I think that he has so much to give to the world that being at Funimation was a setback because he yeah. can only do so much. Right. And like I, I think I, I think for yourself, I think this is a good fire to light under you because you have so much to give. You have so much talent. And like, why would you let it bottle? Like, why would you let it be bottled under? like a blizzard or, you know, whatever other company. Yeah. Like you have, you have so much to give. Thank you. Thank you. First of all, congratulations to you. Thank you. <laughs> wonderful story. It takes a lot of intestinal fortitude. And, oh, absolutely. Um, and thank you for what you said. I, I, you know, with as much humility as, as I can muster, I do agree with you hundred percent, you know, I know there's, I had a friend of mine in college who said, Quentin, there's a fine line between cocky and confident. <laughs> and I said, right, I, 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 I understand that. I remember going to one of my agents a few years ago and I was quite confident about my talents. And he said, wow, you sound pretty confident. I said, I am. Yeah. I have a lot to offer. I said, in fact, if we look at the actors in the lobby right now, I said, this is going to sound rather pretentious or ego-centric. I said, but I can run circles around these people. I could stand on my head and spit nickels. There's nothing I can't do. I've been doing this forever. I'm flexible. I'm directable. I've been a writer, a producer, a director. So I said, yeah, I am confident. And if you want to work with me, if you want to continue to work with me, please consider that. Absolutely. Don't dismiss it. You know, and um, I agree with you. You know, many of these companies, uh, they well, they look at their bottom line like any company. It's about how is it going to affect their bottom line. Exactly. It's all about the bottom line. You know, will this be an asset or a detriment? 
And for whatever reason, they assumed it was going to be a detriment, but they couldn't be more wrong. And I'm going to say this because I truly believe this. You know, I had an opportunity to listen to some, I don't know, voice clip of some other actor uh, who was voicing uh, Prince Calefox. And uh, like I said, I've been a director, I've been a writer, I've been a producer. And, and I was able to hear it from a distance, you know, not as a guy who'd been replaced. And my first thought instinctively, professionally, was it doesn't line up. It's milk toast. It's average. It doesn't work. You know, someone said, well, what would work? I said, well, it's hard for me to tell you what would work except to say that my performance works because I've been the character for years. The character, I've grown into the character and the character has grown with me. Um, Absolutely. I've worked with wonderful directors through Blizzard, uh, brilliant directors. And together we've given life to this character and story. And Prince, Prince Kael'thas is big, you know. He's very big, you know, and he has a lot to say. So there's a lot of dynamic <laughs> range there. And I thought, if you're going to replace me, you're going to have to find someone else who brings that to the party. You can't go above what I've provided because you're going to go into cartoon land. I straddle that line between, you know, I, I, I make it a real character with a richness. Peaks and valleys. But what I heard was something with a flat affect. Mm -hmm. And I, this is just my opinion. Based on what I heard, I went, well, I don't like it. Um, I, you know, you want to go a different direction? I got a better idea. Keep me, keep what I've done, keep what we recorded over the summer and create a new character to give to that actor. You know, exactly. the actor's performance is great for another role. Not for an established role with people who've known for 15 years. Um, and I haven't heard the actor who's replaced me as Sir Henry. I'm sure the actor did an admirable job, but it's their take. It's not mine. And what exactly. I do, I'm really proud of. And I think kicks ass. Yeah. You know, it is the definitive Sir Henry and stands out. So, you know, I'd like to think that perhaps they will consider, reconsider, and put me back in. They've got all the performances. They were very happy with my, beyond happy with my performances. Ask me if I got a raise. <laughs> I wouldn't think that you got a raise. No. But I was happy to do it for the love of the character. Yeah. For the fans, for the storyline, for the consistency. Um, not getting rich off it, folks. Definitely not, not getting rich. You know, I'm like a plumber. Skunk net tipped five dollars. I come in and As I someone who has also been under heavy fire of hate and malice, Sorry. we have just we ignored have a, such a threats and did our best for the for greater you. good. Oh. Kindness through hate. Actions Sorry, speak louder than words. No. Stay Fuck strong, Crumbian and Quinton <laughs> Flynn. Rise above hate. Second. Less than three. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for the for that uh, wonderful. I know Quentin didn't hear that, so I'm going to I'm going to pull it up here right now. Um, there was a there was somebody that uh, just super chatted. I'm sorry, it's going to take our. I don't know what that means. Beautiful picture away here. Um, what it means is uh, someone sent a message and it, it reads it on the on the YouTube, but uh -huh. it, 
because of the stream stream yards the it's a bit of a butt so I'm just going to try and bring the message up here for you so I can read it to you because this was meant for you this message was meant for you um message in the bottle <laughs> from skunknet um as someone who has been under uh, has also been under heavy fire of hate and malice uh we have just ignored uh, the threats we did our best for the greater good kindness through hate um actions speak louder than words stay strong stay strong crumbryon and quentin flynn rise above hate there we go thank uh, you so much absolutely thank you message sorry we shall we shall overcome here. We shall overcome. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's so it's so funny because like what you do is unconscious, right? Like yeah. you you've been this character, like you've you've inside and out been this character. You've you've brought these roles, you've br you've breathed life into these roles. And have someone walk in there and try to replace 15 years of like experience it's 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 really impossible to do you can take the most iconic people right like you can take like you can take a, a I, I don't even know who would be comparable but like you could take like a uh like a legendary actor and put them in as leonard nimoy's spock and it wouldn't be the same right like you can you can take anybody no matter how talented they are, they can get close. Like as much as I love Vic, do I think that Vic is a replacement for, uh, for William Shatner's C Captain Kirk? No, but like they, they both are great in their own respects. But what you're, again, I completely agree with what you're saying here is like, it, there's something, there's something missing when you take somebody and you just, replace somebody you take the soul out of that character you just take the wind out of the sails because it's just it's not that level it's it's you have like this unconsciousness to it and that can't be taught that's something that you have to step into you have to learn it you have to get get to be at that point well it's a craft you know it's it art i mean it's you know we we all did it together it's it's like doing an album or doing a movie, you know, it's the same thing. Absolutely. You've got your talent. You've got, you know, the written word. There's producers involved, engineers involved. And everybody has an input and it, and it all kind of comes together. When it comes together, it's magic. When you know you have the right take. Yeah. Like everybody knows. Everybody knows. And, and, and there have been opportunities for me to adjust, improvise a little, ad lib. Um, you know, oh, the last, oh, goodness, uh -oh. <laughs> we had an earthquake. It was an earthquake. Um, you know, the last uh, few sessions I did, I did with a great actor, director, J.B. Blanc, and uh, it was wonderful. He challenges me as, as an actor he, he, because he is such a good actor. And he, he, he gives me great, great, great challenges because he has a great ear. And we did that over the summer where I was in my um, uh, my uh, then roommate's walk-in closet, Adam Gifford, <laughs> who was a brilliant actor, a journeyman actor, who's been acting since he was a kid, knows so much. He's also a, a rock and roller. And um, man, we, we both sweat in that box. We had to set up our own recording studios because of COVID. You know, we took money from wherever we could get it. 
to make it happen. It, we gave, you know, we didn't just sit back. You don't just, we weren't able to just walk into a studio. We had to create a studio. You didn't just throw your hands up in the air and be like, well, this is not my fault. I can't do anything about it. No, I mean, they made us responsible. They said, you're going to have to, you know, buy this kind of gear and uh, create your own home studio and to make this work for us. Yeah, exactly. Good so grief. We, fine, you know, we're, I'm willing to go to any lengths, whatever it takes, you know, and same with Adam. And we both were able to give them wonderful performances you know satisfy their souls and and the writers and producers casting directors you know um you know if you're going to replace someone in a role i look i've been replaced before maybe i haven't I, i've replaced other actors and I've not done anything radically different. I've done something to approximate what they've done. Yeah. Um, or we start a new role and it's a new project. So yeah, I, just I, like I with don't... Willy Wonka, when you know Tim Burton decided to do his own, he, yeah. he, he decided to not, you know, re repeat the brilliance of Gene Wilder because you'll never do that. You can never do it a different that. way. And I wasn't interested in seeing it, so I didn't. Um, but, he, he, you know, in this case, if you're going to keep a series going, you're not changing anything, but you're changing the actor. Uh, and I don't know. Hey, man, it's not my baby. No one asked my opinion. But I would say really consider it. Consider your fans. You know, consider the legacy. Well, it's, it's, it's almost as absurd as writing like a comic book and then halfway through the comic book changing the artist. Exactly. Like it, it, it's so jarring of an experience yeah. as a fan and as someone who's like taking that in. The, the only like, I mean, the, the only thing that I could think of that it worked for would be the Wizard of Oz when they went from the black and white and they transitioned to the color. Oh, yeah. Like, and that was done that was done on purpose that wasn't done out of necessity or you know because they wanted to, to make a statement that was like an oh my goodness moment but that, that was magical it was magical yeah and like you don't have that like and that stuff is missing from today's media I think, yeah. you know, what can we do to make this special for who's watching this? Not what can we do to make the most money or reach the most demographics? It was, it's, it's, they understand they have a vision of what they want to do and, right. and they, they executed that vision. And nowadays it's just like, well, people, people are like, well, how can we, how can we milk the most money out of this situation? So sad, you know, never really underestimate is. the intelligence of your audience. Exactly. You know, um, exactly. they get it. They, I mean, like the panels I do when they're live, man, they're always different, you know, and they're during the day and they're under 18. They're over 18. Sometimes there's parents and everybody gets it. They get the jokes. They get the references like 
to get the musicality if there's song that I've provided, whatever it is. When it's a live, rich experience, man, they're on board. Don't and dumb it's it like down. It, it's electric. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it really is. And I, I heard what you were saying about putting together a touring group. You know, that's a great idea. Like, you know, a rock and roll circus, if you will. Yeah. Like, I, I personally, like, I, I think that's, that is the next step, right? Because we've, we're at, we were in the death spiral of the, of the modern convention because we, you took away the heart and soul of conventions. Yeah. The indie con, the indie cons, the ones that were ran by fans, the ones that were ran for fans, you know, they, they remembered who they, where they came from, what they were there for back in the day when you couldn't get anime at the click of a mouse. You had to you had to have rely on someone that came back from Japan with a beaten up VHS tape and and a daisy chain of uh, of uh, VCRs to to record your your copy of whatever anime you wanted to watch. It's that stuff that it's that that like fundamental thing that is missing from modern conventions. Now it's just like well, come and pay one hundred and twenty dollars to stand in line for seven hours. Like, Maybe maybe you spend ten seconds with uh with a an actor that's gonna stare at the table and not even look you in the eye. Yeah, where's where's the uh, joy in that? Yeah, there's it's it's been sucked out. Like I I point to it all the time at Anime North. When I went to Anime North, like the the two times that I've went to Anime North, I was inside once, because there was more to do and there was more fun outside than there was inside the convention. There's, there's right. Bigger crews, there's bigger groups, there's more things to do. Yeah. And like, why would I pay money to go in and be uncomfortable and stare at 90, 90% of the floor being pot figurines? Yeah. There's nothing unique. There's nothing interesting. The people that are there clearly don't want to be there. <laughs> and a lot, of, it's, it's so sad because there's a lot of people out there. I know so many actors. It wasn't until I went to, to Kanji in I think 2016 I think it was around then it was it was uh, it was when I went to Kanji or maybe it was 2006 I don't remember but when I saw when I saw and met Scott McNeil one of the mm -hmm. most fantastic uh, one of the most fantastic personalities I, I and Scott McNeil has much like yourself has voiced a freaking entire generation of cartoons and he gets his fans. He understands. Like, he has to be dragged away <laughs> from his autograph line because he wants to stay until every single person has had a handshake and a hug. Like, and I see these voice actors that go to some of these conventions and they don't even look up. Like, they have their hat on. They have their face down. They're, they're barely even paying attention to people that come up and say hi to them. It's like, in most times, they're spending hours in line to meet these people. It's true. And it's just a, a lot of the, a lot of times there's dollar signs because that's all they are to conventions. That's all they are to corporations. That's correct. There's walking wallets. Yeah. And I, you know, I, it's interesting. I'm similar to Scott in, in that sense. Uh, there's a convention I did in Illinois a couple of years ago and um, I was on the floor signing and it was time for it to end. And a couple of the other actors on either side of me, you know, they they closed up and left. But I had a, uh, what, what, I don't know if they had lines in front of them or not. I, I, I didn't, really wasn't paying attention, but I saw 
quite a line in front of me still. And I just got up on the chair and yelled, hey, I'm not going anywhere until I sign and see everyone that's here. Are you with me? You know, and like, yeah. <laughs> and and, and awesome. I, I did. I stayed and more people came. And, you know, people came who said, I'm so grateful you stayed. I'm only here today. Yes. I couldn't have gotten here any earlier. And I'm leaving tonight. Yeah. So, you know, that's the kind of thing I consider. Like, how can I be of service? This is something I learned over time. You know, I want to be of service. Absolutely. Love and tolerance is our code. How can we be of service to others? I'm here to be of service. You know, I'm grateful for the fans out there. They come to see us and, and some who don't, there were some who were like, wow, I'm so glad to see your banner up there. I didn't know you did all that stuff, but I grew up on you, you know, or I love this particular character. Can I have a, I just want to have a chat with you. And I said, of course you can, you know, we're, we're human beings. <laughs> we are. And you, you have a dream. Don't wait. Act. Exactly. A little Axel for some of you Kingdom Hearts fans out there. <laughs> can't you can't axle you, you can't axle the axle that's right There's no <laughs> axe and axle no one can cancel me but me and i'm not about to do that exactly and i mean like these individuals have done i i i mean in a backhanded way have done you a favor because they've unshackled yeah. you yeah yeah and i met some of the most amazing people through it who really uh, came to my aid and joined the team and created an incredible group and others who had courage, you know, like yourself, uh, put their voices out there online. They dissented, you know, they disagreed. Um, and my, you know, you have, you have my heart and my hats off to you. Um, well, we all and love so, yeah, you too. You're right. It is. It's 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 a time of change, and it's it's about time to say something different and say, "Look, this is who I am. I'm not. You can't put me in a box. Exactly. I'm not a B A. Yes, I do voice acting, but I'm an actor. I do stage. I've done film. I'd like to do more. Maybe TV. I'm a musician. I have been for years, probably since before many of you were born. You know, take your resentment and pray it away." Or drink it away, snort it away, fuck it away, but stay away. I have no interest in you. Exactly. You know that there's there was a very and good. Uh, God sorry, bless. go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> God bless. God bless. God bless. Hey, fuck. God bless. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm sorry. I got a little emotional up there. You know what I mean? I got a little, uh, you know, working class hero on you. I'm sorry. <laughs> You know, I, you know what I did? I reacted through my actions instead of pausing when agitated and responding. <laughs> so I have a responsibility to use the ability to respond appropriately. So if no one's told you today, I love you. <laughs> we love and you too, Quentin. We love thank you Thank you. And you know, we need to love ourselves first before Absolutely. we can love anybody else. Absolutely.
And I didn't want to a, interrupt you. You had something to yeah, say. Yeah, there, there was a very good quote from, I think it was Tupac. I think it was Tupac, Arrest His Soul. He said yeah. um, something along the lines, and I'm going to butcher it because I'm, I'm a boomer like that, but he said something <laughs> along the lines of like, um, just because uh, it's a, just just because I don't like you doesn't mean I don't want to see you eat. I just want to see you eat at a different table, not mine. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. That's great, man. Yeah. So like, I, that's 100%. A, 100%. Reminds me of being in high school in a cafeteria. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? You can eat. I, I'm not saying that you can't eat. Just don't eat near me, please. Just go that's somewhere it? else. Yeah, and find some happiness. You know, follow your bliss again, like Joseph Campbell said. Like, be happy. Yeah. People want to be around happy people. People want to be around creative people. People want to be up energy. You know, we want to uplift each other. That's the way we do it. And you, you've proven, you've proven so much by standing up for yourself and and doing what you've done now in in these past few months, just this year. You've done so much to show the people that there is a path back that is not, you know, dictated by these lunatics. There is a path back that is dictated by yourself. And back in the day when we had Vic on the show in 2020, we proved to people that you can hate somebody and still be in the same building and everyone get along. Well, and you know, I love everyone that I've ever worked with, to be honest with you. Um, and I couldn't do this without the great team that I have around me and behind me who have encouraged me when I said, uh, I can't do it anymore. I'm done. It's over. I fuck it. I want to get into a different profession, you know. And I'm like, no, you have too much to give, just like you said. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm here and I'm standing up for myself, but I didn't do it alone. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's that's the that's the funny part about this. Like you look at all of these situations. And the, we didn't do we didn't do KCC alone. Like I did a lot of the heavy lifting on the social media because I was the, one of the only uh media savvy individuals, but the rest of the team did so much. I'm sure yeah. for yourself like you have a you have something similar where you have a few people that are really talented in certain things. Some people are talented in others. That's but it. We do it together. We do it as a group, as a community. And that's the beautiful part because there's a lot of people working together to to build something. And you see these people out here that are they're attacking people and tearing people down. Oh, there's another. Dark chat. Strange Neko seventeen tipped four dollars and twenty cents. Love you, Quinton. I am glad I meet you at Game Realms in Burbank, Cali. Well, there Thank are any you for being the voice of Aruka Sinise who turned out to be you. the father figure for me, not just Naruto. Can you say the line got to memorize in Axel's voice? One second, sorry. I, I, if there was a way that I could play these through StreamYard, it would be amazing. There's a really big comment there for you, Quentin. So it's uh, from Dark Strange Nico 17 Says, love you, Quentin. I am glad I met you at Game Realms back in Burbank, California. Thank you for being the voice of Iruka Sensei, who turned out to be the father figure for me and not just Naruto. Can you say the line, got it memorized in Axel's voice? Got it memorized. Got it memorized. Got it memorized. 
you know, they oftentimes ask us for three takes. So I'm thinking somebody out there is listening going, <clears throat> I didn't sound like him. Well, that's better. Uh, ah, I like that. <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry, if I, if I do go silent, it's because there's like a, a thing reading the super chat on stream and I don't want to talk over it. And then I have, oh, I'll read it to you chat, Is there audio? There is audio on YouTube. It's just I can't so for whatever. So you're hearing it, right? Sorry? Are you hearing the I'm hearing chat? it, yeah. Got I'm it. hearing it. <laughs> so I, that's why I go silent because I don't want to talk over it and I'm listening to it and then I'll relate to you. Because the way that I have this set up right now, I used to have my stuff go strictly through StreamYard and, uh, and all that stuff, but then StreamYard's got bought out by stuff and I'm just like, heck with it, I'm just going to go through OBS. So I kind of MacGyvered, a, uh, uh, MacGyvered my setup here. <laughs> MacGyvered. Yes. <laughs> so it's, it's it's boomer central but it works so i'm happy yeah, with okay. it yeah i'm happy with come it come on man <laughs> come on like man. i said if you saw the gaffer's tape that i have around this camera and this i would be proud in front of me <laughs> <laughs> i would be i would be proud you know before i had this wonderful microphone set up i don't know in the early days of when i did this podcast yeah. i had a microphone stand that was broken um, and so I duct taped my microphone to it and people were saying, well, you know, you need, you need a pop filter. You need this, you need that. I'm like, okay, well, I don't have this crap. I'm just like brand new. So I took a sock and I rolled the sock up and I put it over top of the microphone and I wrapped it with a hair elastic. It worked out, worked out great. But <laughs> then, I had, <laughs> then I had, uh, this other, like, I, I think it was a coat hanger that I stretched over, um, some stockings over top of it to make my own pop filter. So, yeah. Necessity but, is the mother of invention. Exactly. And, you know, art, artists create, so creators create. Right. Yeah. And I know my late father would be proud of me, like, rigging it up like this. <laughs> well, I'm Former proud of you. electrician, you know, I'm proud he'd be you. like, yeah, use that tape. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I, I, going back to the point that we had earlier about the, uh, about the traveling convention thing, sure. I think it's time for a change for conventions. I think it would, I, I mean, I think it would be a great idea to have like an entertainment group or whatever else have, uh, have them overall, like seeing it overall booking, booking stuff and then having like the pockets of groups in cities to go in and plan the, the individual events out and then have it tour around. And there you go. Because like people want to see you, people want to see their, their favorite actors or musicians or whatever else. And people are, are hungry for it. Right. So yeah, that'd be a show, man. It'd be it would be a really great tour. It would, absolutely. That'd be cool. Yeah. Give something something for people to look forward to in this day and age. For, I like for it. A difference. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Lord knows the uh, booking agents out there all have, you know, hundreds of people listed on their rosters. And now it's as ridiculous as it would be for auditioning for a role. And, uh, you know, I've had some... Uh, great folks that I've worked with um, and, and they all have different flavors and ideas, but ultimately they're looking for the top, same thing. Who are their top earners? Exactly. How are they going to make the most money to keep their businesses afloat? Yeah. Um, it's not that creative. Manny uh, tipped $4 and 20 cents. Stream Miss Right by Quinton Flynn on Spotify. There we go. Someone's, someone's, uh, Putting putting your stuff out there. Stream Miss Right by Quentin Flynn on Spotify. Thank you. Great song. 
great song I wrote. Uh, and I love it, and I'm glad you love it. I sang lead and harmonies, played tambourine, harmonica. Worked with a couple of wonderful individuals on that. Uh, David Walsh, uh, Chris Damerst, and his father, late Mark Damerst. Uh, the latter three of us all mixed and produced the final cut that you'll hear, and it rocks, man. It's fucking cool. That's so awesome. Well, Big I'm I, I'm just thoroughly impressed with literally everything that I've, even in the past 24 hours that I've learned about you. Like I was impressed before, um, but just to to see so much, like it goes to show you, like even though you can look at somebody, you can do all of this research on somebody, you still don't have any clue about how amazing they are um <laughs> thank you it's it's just it's so great we also have another chat here i'm gonna pull up that message oh my goodness so slow doing this i don't know i don't know how other people do this um not everyone's <laughs> this is from skunknet hey not everyone's cut out for bigger and better things sometimes the smallest rules in the uh, good fight are the most important. Three dog from Fallout. That's a, a very nice. good quote. Very good nice. quote. Nice. Yeah, good point. Yeah. So. But we all I, do what we do, and we all absolutely. count. We all in do. In great or small amounts. And it's it's just we've we've seen that, right? We've we've seen that in so many situations, and not only just the past year, but the past few months. Yeah. Um, how how much like people can make a difference. Um, for good and bad. Hopefully, this is the the tail end of the bad. Uh, for <laughs> for a lot of this, I, I guess I think largely, um, and this is something I mentioned to you in in DMs. Um, I think largely we're gonna start seeing this like outrage culture and stuff start to dim down a bit more because the the general mass don't understand and don't know what's going on, right? Like the the what these what a lot of these like shock individuals are going for they're trying to flood the search engines with like negativity and slap fights and everything else like that so that when the regular person says oh quentin flynn's coming what is he from i'm going to tap up quentin <laughs> flynn and they see like this giant spread of toilet paper on uh, uh on google but that's what they're going for right but the general public who might not know that you're a voice actor or might not have known that they grew up with you or right. might not know like because like you can tell someone oh kingdom hearts and they're like oh i don't know what kingdom hearts is but you say timon and pumbaa boom people are going to be like oh my god really yeah like, it, it's it they didn't know because they wouldn't think to know they just like oh it's timon you know yeah and that happened at uh the last convention we, we did in uh, minneapolis mm -hmm. people walked up and they saw it on my banner and they came up and started chatting about it they were thrilled beyond belief you know absolutely uh blown away and um yeah I, I i'm in agreement with you it's uh here's the other thing that i found interesting uh number of friends of mine in the business who i'm close with who i spoke to had no idea about this going on yeah no idea had never even heard of it yeah um same with the folks in the general public a lot of friends and family members of mine they're they're not on twitter or they're not exactly. on Instagram. Or they're not on any, you know, of the other um, platforms. So they had no clue. But you made a comment in the DM that perhaps you'll remember. I'll try to, to jog your memory. It had something to do with the fact that because we're focused on it so much, maybe it's the 1%. Well, 
The one percent of the one percent. Right, and it blows up in our minds like a gigantic film, and it wraps around our head, and we walk around. It's like VR. We think that everybody is thinking it about us. Paranoia. Uh, we fear that they're judging us. Um, it. It's this again. It's that crazy emotional response of absolutely fight or flight. It's distorted. Yeah distorted thinking it's a cognitive dissonance but please t talk about the one percent the nine percent that you laid out for me for your fans and for anybody yeah. who, who's interested so i i, I want okay so i i had to, i had mentioned this i tell people this all the time because this is something that we've we've any time that i have come across a situation where someone is dealing with internet outrage it is exactly the same because people don't understand what it's like until they've been in the epicenter of it it's like you could tell people, but they won't believe you because it's so outrageous. But the fact of the matter is, it's like it's a one, it's one percent of the one percent that you're dealing with. Like right. you're you're talking about. It seems like you're dealing with ten million people, but you're dealing right. with one one person ten million times. Right. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. And it's uh oh, we have another chat. Andrea Fiorito tipped four dollars and twenty cents. Hope to have the pleasure of meeting you one day, Quinton. Till then, I wish you nothing but the best of luck and all the love as you move forward. All right, let me pull that one up real quick. That was a, that one was uh, one for you as well. Just, I really wish. I'm sorry. This is this is uh, boomering left and right here. Andrea Fiorito. Fiorito. I'm sorry if I butchered your name. I really. Hey, apologize. how you doing, Andrea? <laughs> God bless. Nice to see you. Hope uh, she Love says. You. Hope to have the pleasure of meeting you one day, Quentin. Till then, I wish you nothing but the best of luck, and all the love as you move forward. Oh, there thank you, go. darling. I'll see there you in go. charge tomorrow. <laughs> the cat, the Irish, and the Italians. Absolutely, but like it's one. It's one percent of the one percent that we're dealing with here. And yeah. it's, it's really easy to get swept up and think like everybody is, oh my, like, oh my God, because you get the rope, you, you, you get the, the rug taken out from under you and you yeah. get the, you get the rope in the mail saying, just do it. Right. Like, what can you do? You, you, you are, it's, it's like the movie 1408, right? You've ever watched that movie? If people out there have ever watched that movie. Basically, the, the, the room is, like, demonically cursed, and whoever goes in it is basically driven insane until they are forced to... to like, they, they're faced with the only option of getting out of the room is killing themselves. Right. And that's kind of what the internet does to us. It puts us in room 1408, and we're, we're constantly in that. We're constantly reminded that we can never leave, and the only way out is through that, is through that magical portal. And it's like, well, no, there, it's not. Which is why I say for, for yourself, for others who have been in it, it is a great thing to go through as hard and difficult as it can be. Because when you come out the other side, you can never be taken advantage of again. Like it, can yeah, never, yeah. it can never shackle you again. Because it's, right. it's, you know now. You know now. Because like, it, it, when you're in those situations, it feels like it's impossible. Mm. It feels like it's it feels like it's never going to end because every waking moment of your life is that. And a lot of that is because we only focus on that. 
And we only Correct. choose to focus on that because, it, I mean, it's, it's human nature to obsess about that a little bit. Obsess about the threat. Make the threat go away. Well, the threat's not going away. What's well, a yeah. bigger threat? We've got to take care of it. Right. Like you were saying it to start off the show, it's it's comes down to those like bare fundamental nature like things of nature, the the fight or flight thing. Like you can't run away from the internet. I mean you can you can unplug from the internet, but Right. And that's that's what it comes down to. And I, I it was one thing that I had to learn a long time ago. Um thankfully I learned it a long time ago <laughs> and and I got through it. Um, and I'm here to hopefully reach as many bloody people as I possibly can to let them know how to get through it. Because sometimes you do need to just unplug and detach yourself from it and just go and live your life. Or as, as some of the, uh, the popular phrases right now, go outside and touch grass. Um, yeah. but rem remind yourself, your life is not just what's on social media. It's not TikTok. It's not Facebook. It's not Twitter. It's not, it's not Instagram. Your life yeah. is your life. Your life is like, it's physical. It's things you can touch, things that you can create, things you go out and do. And Absolutely. there's, there's a subsect of society that they only exist on the internet and they believe that's the way to, that's the way to handle things. Yeah. It's insane. It is crazy. It is absolutely yeah. crazy. Yeah. But, it, it makes uh, sense. I don't want to take up too much more of your time here, Quentin. Yeah. I really, I really appreciate you uh, carving out. Uh, I know it's been a little bit over three hours, so I really appreciate you carving out the time tonight to come on here and talk. Was there anything else that we didn't touch on that you wanted to speak about? No, there's nothing I can think of. Uh, you know, I want to thank you so much for having me on for this chat because, you know, I'd seen uh, one of your shows before. Uh, because of my crew, the ladies know who they are. Uh, <laughs> she, she, and they, and um, and, and the extended uh, folks, friends who I choose to call family, who are out there, who've worked with them and us by proxy. Um, I just want to thank them and uh, everybody else who's in my corner, and uh, you know, is understanding, loving, and kind. I look forward to seeing you on the road. At another show, somewhere else, uh, perhaps on the net. Um, be strong. Um, follow your bliss, as I've said before. Dream your dreams and make your dreams a reality. And I want to thank you, Cress, uh, because I have a tremendous amount of respect for you and admiration. Um, your intelligence, your passion, your compassion, uh, and your sense of humor. Uh, wild and perfect. I relate 100%. And it's amazing that we found that we have so much in common just Absolutely. through, you know, open hearted DMS, you know, and thank you. Thank you. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, darling. Yeah, honey. <laughs> yeah, sweetheart. Yeah, baby. Oh, behave. Yeah. You know, the truth will set you free as they say. Absolutely. And, um, no, I, I, unless there are questions, I, I got nothing else to add. If you have questions, if you want to add anything, Otherwise, we're good, man. I, I started drinking water because I was getting jacked up on the coffee, and I realized, uh-oh, that's a diuretic. It's time to hydrate. <laughs> I, I think I think we've hit everything. I don't want to go too long because I don't I don't right. want to like rehash things and beat uh, beat a dead beat a dead clown. Um, but honestly, every, everything that we've said, one hundred percent agree with 
where you're going. I commend you for for doing what you've done um, and staying strong through it. It's it's a hell of a trip. It is yeah. a hell of a trip to go through what you what you've gone through, and yeah. uh, thankfully you came out the other side relatively unharmed. I mean, I say relatively, um, but there's there's people out there that have gotten it a lot worse. I've seen it firsthand. So yeah. as long as you come out the other side with a, with a work like a a functioning pulse, I think that's a win, I in agree. my opinion. Um, because when they're hmm? when when their goal when when the opponents on this side when their goal is to put you in the dirt and they don't put you in the dirt, that's that's a good day for my side. So right, I agree uh, with you. And you know, as they say, more will be revealed. Absolutely. Well, and everybody stay in your own sandbox. Yes. And those of you who don't clean up your kitty litter, that's on you. <laughs> it's, it's their own stink they have to breathe in at that point. That's right. <laughs> Enjoy the aroma <laughs> and the ammonia. Oh, my goodness. Well, Quentin, if you could just stick around just for a few moments after after the show, we'll wrap things we'll... up and uh, and all that stuff. I'll get some links off of you because I want to put some links in the description for the video. The people sure. can, can uh, find your stuff. Um, I want to thank the chat so much. Everybody in chat, you guys have been amazing. You are fantastic. Always love every one of you. This has been yet another Knuckleheads. And this is, uh, is Crumb reminding you to keep your stick on the ice. <laughs>